Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Cry Havoc. I'm joined by Frank McCurry, who discusses with me everything from like the basic point of free will versus determinism to the fact that he tries to teach us that persistence is an act of faith. Or the other way around, I don't quite remember. Anyway... As usual, come see me at Joe's Underground, 9 p.m. Thursdays, and enjoy this word from our sponsors. This podcast brought to you by Writer's Block. Have you ever been writing a thing and you can't think of a thing to write about? You've tried making fake ads before, you know it's doable, but you can't think of a goddamn word to say when it comes to actually coming up with something so you need to <clears throat> I don't I don't I don't know if this is because these are words right these are I'm thinking of something now I'm saying things it might not be entertaining it might not be interesting but it's you know a thing it's a fake ad for writer's block because guess what I don't get to pick the sponsors okay it's not my decision Every time somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, we want to advertise for this thing. We don't think enough people know about writer's block. Yeah, well, you know, that's the whole 60 seconds. So we're just going to cut the... Now imagine you are tripping absolute dick on mushrooms. I guess I need to pick it up with my own butthole. Feels like a magic trick because some Asking such deep questions. So, um, this will be the first podcast that I'm recording outside. Okay. Specifically to um, enable your habits. Thank you. Because <laughs> that's what today is about, right? It's yeah. Enabling. I'm not gonna lie. Um. I love you guys for that. There's a part of you that worries when you identify with all your friends, like, hey, I've got this problem, and I'm working on this problem. And I, um, that was glass clank, glasses clanking, by the way. And I want to improve this part of my life. Your friends will all come at you with a bunch of support. They're like, ah, we want yes. to, like, we want to help. We want to embody and help this. We want to help you manifest this new thing. Um, the downside is, is that if you relapse, which happens, you know, in recovery, uh, if you're trying to get over like a chemical dependency, then you worry that your friends are going to that uh, that support for you as a person will evaporate because it was dependent on your recovery. Yeah, and that's not entirely true most of the time. I found that at least you guys and uh, a few of my other friends. And I, <clears throat> I mean, I've always, ne- I've never seen anything as a total black and white 
yes or no, Binary. always or never. Yeah. I feel like only a Sith deals in absolutes. I like it. So, just gonna let the siren go for a second. No, let, let the realness happen, y'all. There's a yeah. pandemic on. I'm sure they're responding to a pandemic call. That's... No, it's 100% some guy and his wife, and she won't get off the fucking porch, and she's locked herself out of the house, and she, he just wants her off the porch. That sounds like an ambulance, though. That does well, maybe like a fire truck. I'm not going to lie. I can never tell a difference. I will tell you that living on Wrightsboro Road, um, which you guys are kind of off of, I, um, I hear a lot of ambulances, and I felt like when the pandemic started, I heard more, but I don't know if that's true or not. It's probably say, true. Well, the job market's huge right now. I will say that shit. All the capitalist pigs are like, fucking, please work here. I'll pay you $9. We'll pay you $12. we will pay you $12.60. we will pay yeah. you 15 Fucking McDonald's on Fury's Ferry has a big old sign on the mm-hmm. side that says they'll pay you ten fifty an hour. At McDonald's. Just to flip burgers. <clears throat> I know it's just on their own, of their own volition. Like, that's fucking crazy. You can be a bitch about it all you want. And I definitely have friends that are. But the politics... I don't know if politics is a value or not. I feel like it's just a grease, like a buffer to keep society moving forward but allowing just enough stagnation to keep people from losing their shit. Because if we were to go straight to what we should actually be doing in like the next year or two, I think most people, like probably 30% of people will lose their shit. 30% of people are like from the generation that Scooby-Doo is based off of. (laughs) I think think our politics and government is like is our best attempt at trying to create our own hive mind like how you know a beehive operates is just 100% efficiency like all the time they all just communicate with each other that's how we want artificial intelligent cars to drive is like they're all communicating with each other so they don't hate each other want to be i robot except we don't have that as humans no. we don't we aren't we don't know what other people are thinking or what they're about to do or where they're about to go so the best that we can do is come up with these kind of rules. Well, we actually do. So, like, if you were, if someone were to walk into the backyard and you were to be uncomfortable with them, I could sense your discomfort. Even if this person had no bearing on me. I right. could sense that but you're discomfort. at a global scale? No, it doesn't work at the scale we're at. That's right. the problem. We yeah. want to build, like, cars and spaceships and we've got these brains that are built for building, like, bows and arrows. You know? Like, yeah. our brains are perfect for building a spear. I think they're, I mean, we build pretty good damn spaceships. Like, that fucking Tesla rocket lands itself. I'll be honest. Right me, side up. I'm glad for everyone that me and you aren't doing the coding for like the Tesla cars. Yeah. Because I, I have to do the QA at work and I'm like, I don't want to do everybody's pay. Fuck <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's pressure I'm like, I don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Fucking, everyone spends like time trying to get their ego up, puffed up just enough, but not so much that they have to work more. Because that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know exactly what you don't you're doing. You don't want to be like, killing yourself but you want to feel good about yourself and yeah it's this weird balance that your brain strikes which is why i want to do stand-up full-time because that's it's attention when i want it and then when i don't want it i don't have to do anything else i mean and, other than like writing so that i can get more people's attention andrew before uh, before august like 18th or some shit i was going to do like a weird point i had struck out with like I was just going through a weird point. And uh, I messaged Brittany because Chloe at work had told me that Brittany's boyfriend did stand-up regularly. 
right? Yeah. Before I messaged that point, I didn't know you from Adam. <clears throat> I didn't know you from a tree stump. I love you, man. Yeah. It's because you do stand-up, and if anyone that listens to this, I don't know if, like, four people listen to me, this might be, like, my stand-up. And, like, I get, like, I 20 a week shit. at this point. I listen to your shit. I love it. But if anyone listens to this, um, and you're trying to get into something creative, you should find someone that's trying to also get into that thing, because that tribal mentality of, like, yeah. I can bounce bits off of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, dude, you should go to Austin. That's where this shit is happening. Yeah. You need people to, like, push you in ways that are relevant to what you're doing. It's tempting to hang out with people that aren't on the, that aren't trying to do the thing you're doing, because maybe you don't want to, maybe you don't know anyone that does that. You try to find those fuckers, because, like, they'll push you. EJ pushes me. That dude is yeah. such a fucking Sasuke, dude. Yeah. Like, he just grinds. Which his episode comes out right before this one, so... But oh, yeah. y'all started, I mean, around the same time. You were maybe, like, a few weeks or maybe that a month after EJ started. to me, because this fucking set is so on point. And yeah. he works every day. He comes to me with a different bit every yeah. time I talk to him, man. I'd be like, let me run well, this on you. Well, I mean, he's got time. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that, though. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this thing that I, I listen to a lot. It's this guy from the mid-century. Wants, you can Google it. It's, it's YouTube. It's uh, listen to this every day. By damn it, where's Jamie? You need a Jamie. Yeah, need Brittany here for a Jamie. We've said this, but fucking there's um, a jar for every time I mention Joe Rogan. Right, right. Well, we're gonna hit on trans people in a minute. But I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. We're not. But uh, fucking <laughs> this is guy from the mid century that talks about how you are what you think about, and you really are. Because like, what preoccupies your mind sets your your mode, sets how you respond. And yeah. the way I knew this was true from a young age, because my brother, I have a twin brother who's just like me. He's just a little darker, a little more handsome, a little more broad, but the same, but very depressive, whereas yeah. I'm very outgoing. I'm very high in neuroses, and so, like, when I meet new people, I'm like, love me! And I, I go out of my way to do that. When he meets new people, he's like, you're going to hurt me, I don't want to talk to you. So when we were in high school, I saw manifestation in person, because I would see him interact with people who thought to bully him and they would succeed in that because he would basically operate from the modus operandi of like you're picking on me so I'm gonna operate from the perspective of him being picked on right? Yeah. And people came at me I'm like you're trolling the wrong motherfucker and I will go down on you I would harder. go down on you hard I will go down on you hard I will suck that dick <laughs> <laughs> but no on the real like I was, I was verbally abusive like I grew up in a really verbally abusive household and it's really easy for most people to pick out the thing that they're insecure about you know what I mean so yeah. like I would just go in on that in middle especially school. when you're young in middle school that's fucking easy yeah. are you serious right. Wanda you were like four of me is that why you're in like yeah. you can't so like it was hard for me, watching will get picked on, and I'm like, dude, just drive back. Yeah. But, he, but it, it's about what you think about. And in my mind, no one was picking on me. It was just fuckers trying the wrong fucker. So that's what it was. Yeah. But if you operate from the modus operandi of, like, people are picking on me, and people are picking on you. And there's a line from some, like, bullying book. It's like, you decide who's bullying you, and you really do. You decide that about life. Like, who's bullying you, and who's what's picking on you, and what you can and can't surmount. Yeah, a lot of what I see in life is like people above me hierarchically because I work in a call center, so I see like a hierarchy. There's yeah. like a there's two echelons below me and two echelons above me, so I'm literally middle management. What I see there is like the people that 
that do well are the people that accept this modus operandi of like this is where I belong and they work as if they're in this higher echelon while they're in the lower echelon so they'll, they'll accept more responsibility dress for the job you want yeah yeah. It's really stupid. It comes Think up, for the job you want is it, basically what you're saying. Exactly. So these people are already dressing for the job they want. <clears> but that's <throat> nonsense to them. The woman whose job I have right now, I got because the guy that took it left. And she accepted and, a ton of responsibility just because she wanted to excel. Yeah. Now I have all of her shit, and I'm like, yo, y'all got to farm like half the shit out to somebody. You're paying me like 22 an hour. I'm not doing this. And you're the CEO of which company? Not any company. He's the <laughs> bitch in the middle. I'm like, y'all got to figure out what to do with this. So basically what you do is you try to like, I don't know. You try to do what you need to do in the moment in like middle management. This is, now we're delving into a whole different part because my yeah. ADD is on fire and I'm fucking drunk. <clears throat> I've just been letting you like rant. Rant. I love yeah, it. Which is kind of the point of the podcast. But like also. I love your interview style. It's getting. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack, huh. and so, I think um, the you are what you think, or at least you are what you think you are. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you just say you are what you think or you are what you think about, it's like, okay, so am I a foot? <laughs> <But clears throat> you are not, but you are a guy. There's definitely something afoot. You are the. G- <laughs> You are the guy. You don't use enough of that, by the way. You have so many light punmanship bits oh, yeah. in your company. Yeah. Aficionados. You you'll bring them up whenever you're hosting, but like, I want to see it on your sets. Like, yeah. that's, and that's your transitional bits. Yeah. You know, because that's your, that's your constant callback. Like, yeah. at the baseline, they know this, this fucker's weird. He likes feet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but he fucking loves feet, and that's a good bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, I still don't have a good hook in. I can't do the, um, I had a friend of mine that I run my shit by. He's, um, a friend of mine that's been really critical. He has done, like, music and shit when we were younger. Now he does, like, stocks and stuff. One of those fuckers. Oh. Like, yeah, he's super into that shit. I don't know. Gave up it. the bass guitar for a, I don't know, suit and tie. I, I couldn't think of something that rhymed. Gave up a fucking bass drum for, I don't know. No uh, fun. No fun. Fucking goddamn. That doesn't even rhyme, but it's close. Well, he's going into, he does a lot of, like, Ethereum, like, um. Oh, like Bitcoin. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really good at it. He got, like, a 70% increase. I mean. It, it bums me out to a certain level, because I'm I, like, um, just recently installed electrical outlets for somebody to start up their own Bitcoin, not Bitcoin, but it's an Ethereum mining rig that they have set up in their closet. They like put a whole vent in their closet to vent out the heat from the fucking rig. They actually, um, it's the way that I got this laptop. I traded my old desktop computer that had a bunch of parts in it that I couldn't get to work properly for this laptop. Because I was like, I just want something simple that's all one piece. I'm sick of taking this thing apart and putting it back together again. I'm sick of trying to work on this thing. So we just traded, and he used the graphics cards and the motherboard that was in my computer to make a fucking mining rig and just Frankenstein the hell out of that thing. Um, That's always super interesting. You know what's fucked up is like me and a bunch of my friends in 2009 when Bitcoin came out started i have 
bought bitcoins. And if I had just hang on to the change from the first transaction that I ever yep. did, I'd be fucking swell right now. I You'd hate, be. Well, I hate how time. How many bitcoins was it? All right, so back then, so right now, a bitcoin is worth like twenty thousand dollars. Oh, it's like thirty or back 40 then, now. a bitcoin was worth less than a nickel. It was yeah. like not shit. Yeah. So like we bought like thirty thousand bitcoins to get cocaine and DMT. The shit. cocaine was bullshit. The DMT was legit, dude. We got fucking Joe Rogan can suck a dick. I've talked to like the fucking space cadets. Like, how I'm much like, DMT does it take to love trans people? <laughs> I actually love that meme. Um, I want to do a bit that's like I want to go to Austin. You keep talking about going to Austin, but I want to go out there and I have pretty good opening bits. But one of my first ones I want to do in Austin, if I ever can, is like, hey, my name is Frank. It's a pretty easy name to remember. You don't know any other Franks. It's like, I have to get my last name because there's no, there's no stand-up comedians that are one-name fuckers. That's why I drive on that Hannah girl so much. There are some. There's, there's a, a few. Eliza now is just Eliza. Eliza is the only Eliza. That's why she gets away with that. Um, but she's still, if I, if you're referencing to a friend, I still give her as Eliza Schleschlinger. Schleschlinger. She's the um, one that doesn't, meh. Like, she does the, meh. She does the white girl bits. Yeah. Um, there's not that many, like, one-name comedians. There's a couple. Yeah. Right? Most of them give their full name. Even Joe Rogan. It's Joe Rogan. You yeah. Know? Dave Chappelle. It's Dave fucking Chappelle. But see, like, that's their actual name, too. Like, that's not even a stage name. Mm. And, like, unless you want to count David as his real name, David Chappelle. I mean, but, he gives it as David. He's, he's totally done. You know, I'll never be as raw a comedian as Dave Chappelle. I'm do, sure you could be. Maybe. He, he starts with... I respect Bro. him so much because he starts with a bit. He starts with... You know how much practice this motherfucker has had, though? You know, when he got discovered, he was 28. He was older than you. I think you're not 28 yet, right? I am 28. You're dead on 28. Yeah. So you are Dave Chappelle Ripe. You are the color of orange that he I'm wants. ready to get discovered, I think. Yeah. Now, he, he was discovered, but I don't think you actually want to be discovered. Because Dave Chappelle got discovered, and this is what happened to him. He got discovered at 28. He says they took a raw-ass child into, like, a back boardroom. Yeah. They had a lawyer that he didn't know. Fucked him over. But you see, I've been fucked over a bunch of times, especially legally with contracts. I read every contract. Do you think you'll like the smell and recognize it? I might. (laughs) Depends on what it smells like. That's the thing. Because it might be like relationships where I'm like, fuck that shit, but I fall into the same fucking bitch. Like, that. <laughs> women are not bitches. I don't mean that podcast. But, like, I fall into the same girl. Yeah. All right, this is where I'm fucked up. This is a whole, we're circling back to the trans association thing. What's up with the word bitch? So, bitch is great, and you can call everyone a bitch, right? Yeah. But if a cisgender white male is like, you fucking bitch! That's kind of bad. And it's bad. That's kind of bad. Um, Let's be honest. Like, it's not the same. There's a... Uh, it's a very inclusive word until I start throwing it out. It have you ever seen shit. The History of Curse Words? It's on Netflix. Shit is fucking awesome. There's a different episode for each curse word of, like, the... I think there's, like, five or six episodes, probably. But one of those episodes is about the word bitch. And the it's hosted, by the way by Nicolas Cage. Some of his best work. The History of Swear Words, hosted by Nicolas Cage. That oh, should love be mentioned. Cage. Um, Dude, he, uh, you know why he does so much weird shit? He had a nasty-ass divorce, and his wife gets half of his everything. Whoo! Continuously, I'm pretty sure. 
So he does every fucking bit that runs across his desk. That's why he's done like. But although I do Wicker see... Man, I barely know her, man. <laughs> Dude, Wicker Man was great though. I don't care who you are. Uh, Everyone know. gives him shit, but he tried to channel the first movie really hard. And there's one famous scene where you can see him like, I could almost see him practicing in the mirror with that face. Yeah, but he fucking nails it. I loved Nicholas Cage's Wicker Man was the first one I saw. I haven't even seen it. So. What? Oh. Um, well, I've know. heard about it. What's your exposure to movies, though? Do you feel like you have a high exposure to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the pop culture is, like, uh, one of my main um, areas of knowledge as far as, like, TV and movies and stuff goes. Especially, like, I'll even watch stuff about the stuff. Like, um... The movies that made us on Netflix, or like there was this documentary that went through. I the love. I love different the, decades of like. I um, love. The, I love the decade. Yeah. Remember that from VH1? Yes. I love the eighties. I love the nineties. Yup. I remember them coming out with that in two thousand three, and I was like, I'm so nostalgic for three years ago. It helped me understand so many jokes in Family Guy. Oh, that's fair. Family Guy is like, very topical. Family Guy has so many references from that time period or those time periods. Dude, Family Guy is basically 30 minutes of cartoon TikTok. Yeah. Oh, essentially. It. Do you like how this is a bit, and I guess I'm ruining this in the podcast, but I'm still going to run it in bar rooms. I don't give a fuck about you guys. Um, it's okay. Nobody listens to this. They'll listen to it. They're going to love this shit. This will be the only one everyone listens to, and they're going to be like, that. we heard it on the podcast. Right. right Tell be, a different joke. They'll be at my fucking bits, yeah. Do hot pockets. <laughs> fucking, um, at, like, TikTok, I feel like there's a huge potential for short bits on TikTok, and Family Guy was essentially TikTok before there was TikTok. Yeah. Do you like how they gave us, like, fucking 20-minute episodes of things that we were supposed to follow? I'm a very studious young man. I'm trying to learn everything. Yeah. And here's a sponge. They gave us 20-minute episodes of things, and in between that 20 minutes, they gave us every four minutes, they gave us four minutes of commercials. Right. Those commercials were 30-second bits of, like, full plots with characters that I was supposed to fall in love with, and you know what I mean? Yeah, but like they a, would repeat the same ad over they and would, over. So I actually liked like ads. Did you like ads? Like it depends as a kid. on the ad. So, like, as a kid, would you get excited when the commercials would come on, or would you be annoyed and kind of disconnect? Uh, it depends on what channel I was on. If it was like if it was the ads for Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, I would totally be on board because it's ads for like Legos. But if it's and like, Nerf guns. like it, all, all my children, then you're like, I don't want to hear about your ED. Right, exactly. Like I don't need like watching Fear Factor. The ads were JG Wentworth and um like yeah, which the JG Wentworth ads. Hats off to them Dude, because they even it. as a child, they were fucking murdering. I'll tell you why I liked ads as a kid. I liked uh, knowing what was relevant at the moment. Even as like a 14-year-old kid, I yeah. still felt this disconnection and this like weird imposter syndrome where I was like, I know the kids in my class have seen these ads, so I know they think they're funny. Because the ad people that made them think they're funny. Yeah. So they're funny. I, um, did you ever watch the... Best Ads of the Year award show or whatever with Kevin Nealon? No. Maybe. I don't know. Um, it was like, it would come I out in like December have. or some shit. It was TBS, I'm pretty sure. TBS would do it. And Kevin Nealon hosted. And uh, he would go through all the ads of, or not all the ads, but like, you know, would do basically an award show of ads. And be like, this is the funniest one. This is the one that like pulled at our heartstrings. Like the, uh, I don't know, fucking. I think the Budweiser ads at the Super Bowl every year, like every year. win shit all the time. 
Dude, Super Bowl ads. I actually don't care about sports ball. Um, right, but the Super Bowl ads. But I love the ads. I love the ads. I love hot wings. I love everything about a Super Bowl party other than the football. You know what sucks about ads now, though, is they're all targeted. Oh, yeah. So, like, I get on, I get on um, fucking uh, Spotify. And you, can, you can know this Andrews fan group. I don't give a fuck. But I get on Spotify, and they know that I'm 30, single, on Tinder, right? Yeah. And they uh, they give me four hymns ads. And I'm like, it works fine. I'm trying to find something to work problem. But that's what they give me. And, like, I'll be watching. Isn't hymns the, hymns is the erectile dysfunction. Four What's the hymns, hair one? Four hymns is, oh, I don't know. Because I get Rogaine. the hair loss one. That's Rogaine. No, not Rogaine. Probably it's because you talk about how awesome your hair is. That's... I didn't get vaporizing ads until I started hitting. Y'all, whoever's listening to this, if you haven't done weed pen vapes, do them now. They're amazing. Do them now. I love this shit. But my phone here is Get this. Get your vitamin E. They're not going to hear that. Do it real close. There we go. My phone hears that. And it thinks, oh, you vaporize now. And it starts giving me, like, ads for vaporizing yeah. juice and, like, juices and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's only weed. Like, I do it for weed. You know? I, um, I've been getting ads for, I've gotten, okay, so you know what Vizzy is? The, no. like, it's alcoholic sparkling water. See, everything's water. so specific. It's alcoholic sparkling water, which, like, I don't drink. It's like White Claw. No. But, like, I don't ever drink that shit. What if that's because The reason it's casually. showing me the ad is because the ad is a can next to a girl's feet on the beach. And you're talking about I've, feet. Right. And I've gotten ads for mattresses where there are feet, like, straight up just the soles of the feet sticking out from under the blankets at the camera. Because they're trying, man. Because they know what they... So, like, what I feel like they're trying to do right now is you've got this big sponge. It's going to sound super weird, but you've got this big sponge of money and interest. And that's what we are. We're the middle class. We're this big sponge. The consumer. The consumer and the producer. Andrew can spend eight hours of his time wiring electricity for motherfuckers as an electrician yeah and then he can spend two hours in a bar and blow the money he earned doing that right yeah that is the economy that's the wheel that spins right and they they love that shit but the way to keep us into it they have to drive up the avarice so how do they do that they have to figure out what you like they have to figure out what i like and that's why they have these mics in our phones and it's super creepy and i think it's ruined ads because ads used to tell me what i ads used to tell me what ad companies thought that we liked but now they just tell me what ad companies think that I like based on what I Specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So like I work for a clothing company and so I'm on a clothing website all day. I'm not the most I shouldn't say this. Fuck it. Fuck it. You only live once. (laughs) I'm not the most studious fucking I'm not the most diligent fucking and honestly we use Facebook at work sometimes because I use Facebook to fucking like look up things. But uh, because both things are open at the same time, Facebook caches your, your cookies, which will show that I'm browsing the, our brand websites. And so I get ads on Facebook for dresses. Yeah. <laughs> Even as like a straight cisgender man who has never worn a dress. That's all I get ads for because it's for the cookies cache. Yeah. So we've kind of ruined things for ourselves. You remember that movie? Because you've been looking up dresses. Yeah, remember that movie Minority Report? It's like yes. the feet thing. Yeah. What's, what's weirder about that, though, is that somehow on the back end, Andrew, that company had to cache that picture and say, tag this for people who like feet. Because <laughs> we want to fuck those fuckers up. 
Yeah. Otherwise, how would they get you? Like, it's well, not like you're okay, talking about matches so, all day. I mean, you can tag. I think it's probably tagging pictures with, like, essentially a hashtag. Yeah. And Some kind of like, here's the thing. You know what I mean? Right. And you want to hashtag every single thing about that picture in order to get as many different groups that you possibly can. So, whatever is in that picture gets a hashtag. If there are feet in that picture, hashtag feet. And then, instantaneously, if I've been looking on Instagram at a bunch of other people's feet... merges them together. Oh, yeah, because Instagram and Facebook are... I think it's your mic. I actually think that it is your mic. I think that your phone is... That's 100% possible, yeah. This is the bartender in there. Um, But uh, I think that you are... Well, it's also a Japanese thing. I think that you the, are being what the feet? No, the pouring somebody else's drink. Yeah, well, as a host, yeah, and it's also man. Well, no, you're in <sighs> Japan and I think China. You're not supposed to pour your own drink ever. It's rude to pour your own alcohol. I can see that. So somebody else pours it for you, and I think that's probably like a cultural kind of like self-regulating technique to where. You know, well, we like, if ever, I know you're too fucked up, I'm not going to pour you another fucking drink. We haven't ever gotten into conspiracy shit, but I'd like to real quick. I think... I'd love to. I mean, there's a lot of Asian culture that is so much older, obviously, if people are objective about it, than other cultures. Mm-hmm. But to mention it sounds like conspiracy theory shit. So, like, bowing, right? Right. You bow from, like, a foot or two away. I yeah. don't exchange... I don't touch you. The depth of the bow also indicates the amount of respect you have for the person. The deeper you bow, the more respect. Yes. That makes sense from like a physical like prostrating perspective, but just look at the bow. That is a people who have undergone some kind of like COVID like fucking like smallpox like exchange. They stopped touching fuckers they didn't know a long time ago. Because they said oh, yeah. in their culture that they're Abandoning like, you know what? the handshake. You stay over there and I'm gonna bow. No, I think it was just instead of I think it's a separate Exactly. Path. Well, there's an advantage to touching. There's an advantage to not. So the advantage to touching is that you exchange um, diseases among the population very quickly so that they all become immune very quickly, right? So in a small exchange, in a small population, if you're all touching, it's better because you will get diseases faster and you'll develop I think faster. The, because the explanation that I've heard behind handshaking is that you're trying to show the person that you are meeting that you do not have a weapon in right, your hand. Right, your dominant hand. Yes, yeah. right. Um, and then bowing, I think, is... And I have no idea about the origins of bowing or where it came from, but it feels like one of those things, like if handshaking was to prove that you're unarmed, and then bowing as a greeting is just sort of a... It's just showing respect. Like a humbling. It's a humbling. Yeah, like, I, I am that. humbling myself to you to show you that I'm not going to kill you instead of just showing you that I don't have a weapon. It's a... I can see that. Their culture... Well, turning your your forehead to anyone, like, in this moment, with my forehead turned to you, you could axe me. Right. Right? Like, so cats, if you want to win over a cat, this is unrelated, it seems, but I don't think it's that unrelated. I think think we're actually really similar to the other animals in our, like, area. A lot more than we think. That's for sure. Way more than we think. So, like, cats, if you want to win over a cat... Close your eyes and face it. Like, real talk. When whenever one of your, like, friend's dogs, fucking just just pet it and be okay with whatever it does to you. So, like, I go over to a friend's house, and they're, they're, I will have 
I had this experience the other day. One of my friends was like, oh my god, he's fine. And this dog was biting my calf. Like, he was trying to meet, take meat. Fucking A. He was trying to take meat out of my calf. But I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. And I pet him, and he's fine. He lays down next to me, and that's when I go in. I'm like, all right, you're my buddy. We're good now that you're laying down. And he was fine. Cats are kind of similar in that if you just let them chill, and they do their own thing, they will, they will show you what they're okay with and what they're fucking not. They will fucking chill to a point damn it this is a this See, is a relapse when, podcast because I lost when, my whole train of thought well okay when I think about like I'll be out host treating animals in a certain way and stuff like my the immediate thing that comes to mind and back to this whole like I've been in completely drowned in pop culture throughout my entire life is fucking Hayao Miyazaki the guy who runs Studio Ghibli you ever seen any of those movies? Yeah, I love like, those movies. Um, Spirited Away, fucking yes. Howl's Moving Castle. Nausicaa fucking. and the Valley of the whatever. Anyway, Nausicaa, whatever the rest of the subtitle is, and Princess Mononoke, and a lot of his movies, pretty much all of his movies, have that similar theme of, like, respecting nature. Respecting animals and, like, in Nausicaa, there's this scene where this little thing, I don't know what kind of animal it is, it's some made-up animal for an anime, but anyway, it starts like, it's like a little squirrel gerbil thing, like it's very small, and it starts like attacking this girl and biting her and like, you know, like getting all aggressive, and she's just like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, and like starts petting it, and yeah. it's like, you know, like, I know you're just scared, and I think... So there's a Buddhist thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like a Buddhist thing, That's which, his, I mean, is... The Buddhist phrase is, the angry man is afraid. Right? And I tell this to people at work, because, like, when you're doing customer service... Anger I do, is a secondary reaction? Yeah, what I do, basically, is uh, I'm the linebacker for the linebackers. I've got this group of people. If your package doesn't come, if your bralette doesn't come on time, then you call us. If the front line can't resolve your issue, maybe you shipped it to the wrong address because you told us the wrong fucking address. And so we asked <laughs> yeah. the courier, we're like, hey, did you deliver this? They're like, yeah, bet, to 301 Walken Street. And you're like, I don't live there anymore. The courier's like, fuck it, that's where we delivered it. And we're like, fuck it, go, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't like that, which you shouldn't, then you ask to speak to a manager. And what you get is someone that works for me. If you don't like what they fucking say, which is usually they'll vet the issue and be like ah, I don't know if this is worth overturning you know yeah if you don't like what they say then you talk to me so I deal with a lot of fucked up fuck, fucking fuckers people are aggressive what I was going to say about cats is uh, I feel like people are similar to cats in that the bowing serves the same utility if you want to get to know one of your friend's cats and you don't know them that well you're trying to repress, you're trying to stun on some girl and just be honest to the podcast fucking fans close your eyes and face the cat fully the cat yeah. will see that moment of vulnerability and be like, this guy's legit. I think that's what bowing does. I think it's the same yeah. thing as a handshake. Because if I'm yeah. taking your hand, I can't stab you in this moment. Like, in this moment, you could pull me in, right? And yeah. you're slightly bigger than me. You could pull me in, or right? Then like, have fuck a knife my shit in the other Or just have hand. a knife in your other hand. And yeah. fucking stab me like the guy in the Bible, the fat guy from the Bible, right? Yeah, that um, fat guy. And leave the knife all the way in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that story? By I the do way? remember that story. That I don't the... remember any of the specific names or what no, book of the Bible it's in. Me neither. Oh, but no. I... 
It's definitely they in... They called him um, the fat guy. It's judges. In, it's in Judges. It's in Judges, because that's the most brutal That is the most metal fucking book of the Bible. It's when so I was a good. Kid, I was reading through the Bible. My, my, my granddad read the Bible every day. He Some had, like, chick a little, takes a tent stake and shoves it through a guy's head. Dude, it's so metal. There's so many metal shit. And then right before that is the book of Job, which is the most yes, metal shit. that's about God's gambling addiction. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's... I've never heard that bit. Yeah. But yeah, he gambles with the devil. Yeah. And he's like, hey, devil. The devil's <laughs> like, I bet you this guy won't worship you if you take away all his stuff. And God's like, all right, how much you want to bet? He will. Yeah. yeah. He will. They're sad as fuck down there. They ain't got shit. They ain't got shit. I didn't give them nothing. I was in that mode today. I am the only thing they have. I was in that mode today. I was like, God damn it, you know this shit sucks for me. And you're doing this, but... So here's the thing, and there's this comes up in philosophy and Christianity and all this shit. I don't know if God cares how you feel. You ever had a Probably pet? Probably not. You ever had a pet? You got a pet, right? Yeah. Alright, so do you carry Tons. a pet? You carry a pet feels, right? Yeah. How do you know? How do I know how my pet feels? No, how do you well yeah, that's actually where I'm digging at, but how do you know if you care? How do I know if I care? Because I empty a fucking litter box once a week. No, you know if you care because when you feel like he's acting like he doesn't feel well, you respond. Yeah. If you didn't respond, then you know you didn't care. You're like, That's my pet's true. depressed and I, I don't care. That I yeah, don't care. I'm not going to do anything about all those kids with cancer. Right. So, like, God, as a thing, has 7 million people, 7 billion people on the planet. Does he yeah. respond when you're sad? Never. I don't feel like, no. But he's supposed to care. Right, so then then they. But build, he also works in mysterious ways. That covers about all of it. About all of it. Then they build this mysterious Jesus character to like liaison between you and God. He's like, I know you're shitty, Andrew. Yeah. Frank, you're shitty. Um, but I let my dad fucking crucify me. Yeah. And I did that so you could be shitty. So. But good. like, then there are people that, whose like dads actually fuck them in the ass. And, and they're often very Christian. That seems worse than crucifixion to me. I don't know. That just... Well, I don't know. I've never been crucified. I'm not, it, I don't right. know what the bones in your I hand... I don't know. It, I don't know what the bones in your hand feel like if they're supporting your whole body weight. Maybe that feels awful. probably terrible. Maybe that's awful. That's definitely awful. Dude, but, right. like, your dad ass-raping you, I, I think, is at least equivalent. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Yeah. All right. And God is like, nah. It's that, fine. No, like... I crucified my son, but it doesn't cover that. It's like getting shitty insurance. Well, also, this is where my brother fucks up, and I, you shouldn't think about this uh, fucking podcast family, but fucking, did Jesus, like, forgive that guy? Is he fine with that? He's not. The guy who crucified him? No, the guy or who the fucked guy the who kid in the ass. fucked his kid in the ass? Yeah. I mean, if he says Jesus he's sorry... Says, so, like, I listen to this... If he in- says he's sorry before he dies... Dude, I listen to this NPR podcast, and this shit fucked me up so bad. Because yeah. it was the most Christ-like thing. Yeah. And I want to say something real quick, because there's people listening to this that aren't here. I want to be clear. When they told me, when I was, like, nine years... No, like, ten years old, I came to Augusta. So I came to Georgia when I was eight. We lived in a trailer park for, like, a year and a half. And then I went to a church when I was, like, ten. And they told me at this church, we said, some dude came down here. He was made of perfect love. He understood everyone, right? Yeah. And he knew how to treat everyone with love. And he tried to, he cured the sick, right? Yeah. And he tried to um, 
disavow hypocrisy when he saw it, even in the religious groups that were supposed to be identified with him, because Jesus was a Jew, yeah. right? He even identified himself as a Jew. He thought he was starting the new Judaism. He didn't see he didn't see himself as a Christian. The people that followed him were Christians. Right, exactly. But, Christianity didn't start until after he was dead. But he thought that he was like, whoa, whoa, I'm correcting this shit. So they told me this guy came down to earth with perfect love in his, in his mind, and he was going to cure everyone and teach everyone perfect love. And these monkeys down here on this rock fucking nailed him to a board about it. And I was like, that <laughs> tracks. That's, that makes, makes part, so much sense. If you came down here and you tried to teach these fuckers how to love each other, they would kill you. They would yeah. kill you so quick. Yeah. And so, like, Jesus... Just look me. at Charles Manson. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> he was, yeah. He was trying to teach perfect love. <laughs> just, just look at, um... Uh, who's the... The Unabomber. Ted Kaczynski. I'll be honest. He was just trying to stop technology from taking over our entire lives. And look what happened. So, like, Charles Manson. You want, you want, we can drill in on that bit. Fucking, Let's do it. Charles Manson is a product of um, MK Ultra. MK Ultra, yeah. the government project to try to control people's minds. Right. What With they LSD. found. What they found out from that project was that if you can dissociate people enough, and you can do this with trauma or a large amount of drugs, which is communication to the brain, is the same thing. Yeah. Then you can control them. Yeah. And so what do they do now? They try to instill a new fucking trauma every fucking six years, and you can almost count it down. 9-11 was I don't know. The COVID thing's been going for a while. I feel like they're kind of like... Milking that shit. They're milking that shit as much as they can. Well, it's working. My niece is so fucking mad at me about fucking not getting vaccinated that I am... I am not going to lie. I am fucking like, shit, should I get fucking vaccinated right now? I See, and the thing is, like, I would have gotten instantly vaccinated as soon as it came out if it wasn't mandatory... Stop making me have to do things, okay? That makes me suspicious when you're like, you have to do this. And then when I ask for a reason, they're like, because you're an idiot if you don't. Then I'm like, okay, well, hold on here. Like, what am I really supposed to be doing? Well, so what the government does, what everything does, the um, foundational... Like, the foundational support of all society is violence or denial, right? Yeah. So, you went, you were homeschooled, right? Yeah. Did you have meningitis vaccines? Do you know? No, I had hardly any. You don't have to have any vaccines if you're homeschooled. Nope. And what's none. ironic about that, Andrew, is you're, you're still equally as unsusceptible to, like, polio as I am. Because the chain of communication is already broken by so many vaccinated individuals. Now, how do how did the government do that? How did they protect Andrew from polio? Andrew, Mandatory vaccinations. They made sure that every Frank and Brittany and Chris yeah. that went to school were denied a service if they didn't get vaccine. So, like you weren't you were denied a service. You didn't get home. You didn't get public schooling, right? Right. To get that service, your family would have had to vaccinate you. Yeah. So, like when I went to college, they were um, they wanted you to get meningitis. They vaccine, wanted me to get. Right? Vaccinated, and I took a religious exemption mm. Mm. because you know I'm so religious. If you couldn't tell, um, that works for your family. This is a bit, and fuck you guys, we use it on. I don't care. But the bit is, my dad wanted me to be a conscious objector, and I think it's really sweet and dad-like of him. I think the military would take me at all. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, y'all like, can't see me, but I'm nice. Isn't it like what? the first time you get antidepressants, you're disqualified from the military? Is that real? 
I think that's real. Like, also, why do we prescribe so many antidepressants if it's that disqualifying? Like, if I can't fire a gun, why do I get to it's work? It's definitely a factor. Like, I've heard people that wanted to join the military, but they're like, oh, I can't because I was on, you know, antidepressants or whatever. And I'm like... I've never heard that. I've heard why eczema. the fuck did you want to join the military? Well, one of the reasons... I guess maybe to die. Yeah, honestly. Uh, one of the reasons they don't want you to get, like, have a pre-existing condition is, like, I know a girl that got denied from the Air Force because of eczema. Not Yikes, de- what? Right, because they didn't want to pay for her medication. They were oh, like, okay. They were like, you can technically join, but... Yeah. yeah. But, um, fucking... I, guess, I don't know, she's, she used the word denied. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But, um... Honorably discharged. No, she just didn't get get to get on. Her dad was in some kind of military, and she wanted to get in the military. Have you but ever also, had an like, honorable discharge? Have I ever had an honorable discharge? I, I mean, like... like like um like a discharge but one, you didn't feel shitty about it one time uh, me and my ex we were dating and I wanted to fuck she didn't it was a soreness situation and we did this whole like pantomime pantomime thing that resulted in an honorable discharge I feel like it was, okay. it was technically me masturbating but I had the assistance of someone who wanted me to fucking you know yeah. So I don't know if that's accurate. Co-masturbating counts as sex, Co-masturbating, right? yeah, it counts as sex. It wasn't sex in that <coughs> It counts as sex, unless you're Catholic. <laughs> if you're Catholic and you don't want it to, you're good. Guys, if you're Catholic and you just don't want your pastor to know about you having sex, you can just lie. Just do anal. Jesus. <laughs> Mormon, but without all the butt stuff. I met yeah. this girl that was, like, super Mormon, but without all the butt stuff. She was super cool, but... There's a line in one of the recent episodes of Rick and Morty where Subber goes, "I promise to even use a con- or, I promise to use a condom even when I'm doing butt stuff." Dude, I didn't get all the butt stuff, but I there's a prostate up there. I've got a fraternal twin brother yep. who swears by this. Guys, I don't. That's an exit only. I'm working on it, bro. I'm, just, I'm very misogynist. If your twin brother says it's real. <sighs> That's scientific as fuck. <laughs> that is scientific as fuck. That's you know, literally run, the same butthole. I want to run bits about my twin, because one of the funniest <clears throat> things is... I didn't even, like, until we were on the way to Columbia and you were talking about it, I was like, wait a minute, this motherfucker got a twin? He doesn't look like me. He actually looks like more... I feel like you and Will would be better twins than me and Will. Okay. Because he looks like he's got, like, the olive, sw- the olive skin, like, the high cheekbones. He's got all the good Native American vibes. He's even got, like, the... Uh, Y'all can imagine the, like, the Batman, like, salt and pepper hair. Okay. He's got that. He's, like, my age. <clears throat> Does he keep it short? Or? Yeah, he keeps it short. He doesn't really, like, grow it out like I do. Fucking... Is he, like, super successful? Like, yeah. totally uh, opposite the of Very opposite are. of me. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I love you, buddy. But you're, you're dead on with that. Yeah. He's, uh, he's good at money. He's, like, got a real job. He's who I borrow money from when I'm real fucked up. And I'll yeah. be honest with you guys, I'm the twin that didn't have to develop that. I'm working on it so hard. Look, I've got an older brother that's got a fucking... He's got a house and a wife. How insecure does that like make you? Dude, oh, they're so married. Much. Bro, right. I about jumped out his window. The first time... No. Okay, so let me tell this story. Jumped out his window. So... I went over to see my brother's house for the first time because, like, me and him, we went smashing mailboxes together. We were, like, I was, like, 16. Midwestern like shit, y'all. Yeah, so we went smashing mailboxes together. I got arrested for it. He also got arrested for it, but I didn't get charged with anything because I was a snitch. 
This was discussed on Lamar's podcast. Look, yo, we got the mailboxes. We got the mailboxes up the street. They weren't yep. my mailboxes that yep. I was smashing. Anyway, so. Listen to Lamar's podcast. So I got out of it, and, like, after that, me and my brother haven't really talked very much whatsoever at all. Like, there have been a few attempts that I've made, and I'm sure he's made attempts. How close are you all in age? Uh, a year and a half. So he's a year and a half older than you? He's a year and a half older than Dude, I Dude, this is misogynist, but your mom. Yeah. That's a, that's Bro. a, she, she was on it. Like a, woo, woo. Yeah, like a free train. Yeah. Um, anyway. She loved your dad a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. As in frequently. Um, this is not funny. I'm sorry. It just makes it better that they're divorced. But, anyway. Oh, so, do videos so they can see me die. <laughs> so, I go over to my brother's house because he's having a big family get-together. Everybody in the family showing up. And um, we wanted to show everybody his new house and whatnot. And we get there, and they're taking us on a tour of the house. And then they show us... Oh, my fucking God. In the middle of the story... Motherfucker didn't put it's his It's a bill collector, y'all. I'm very successful. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I used to get those. Then I filed for bankruptcy. Um, but anyway, so we go to see his new house, and at the very end of this tour, his wife shows us the new baby's room. Oh, shit. That I had no idea she was pregnant. Oh, but shit. But this was their way of announcing the, the brand bomb. new baby. And, like, I almost instantaneously start, like, hyperventilating. And this is, like, on the second story of this Is this, this your house. first uncle moment, or... No, I've... I had been an uncle before that. You just weren't but expecting like, this. just the fact that he has his own house. He's a fucking firefighter now. And then he's got a and baby. you're like, I'm and an electrician! He's got, a, he's got a wife in a successful relationship. He hasn't been divorced yet. Oh, my God. Like... Don't get me started. Everybody, like... Half, they gave my brother... The other half of the family has been divorced at this point. They gave my brother the family ring... Which they found. I've been dating oh, this girl. Shit. Like, I've been dating this girl semi-seriously for, like, six years. My brother meets this girl at his work, and they're, like, serious, and he gets engaged. And they they dig out this family ring out of nowhere. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. okay. Fuck you guys. Yeah. The problem is, like, my brother is the stable one. Yeah. Like, you're talking about your brother in right. the sense of, That's like... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're just like, so, I don't have that. So, I am upstairs in their house, like, hyperventilating. There's a bunch of people on this tour, and that is, you know, the rest of my family. Right. So, like, I go back to the bathroom, which has a window overlooking, like, the area where we parked, like, the side of the house that we parked at. And I was, like, so fucking close, like, within millimeters of just jumping out the fucking window and running to the car. Like, I really, I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I can't handle this right now. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And this motherfucker has everything figured out. And, like, I did, I awkwardly, like, I didn't jump out the window, but Brittany convinced me to just, like, leave normally. Good. I mean, semi-normally. We left very abruptly because we were, like, supposed to stay for dinner and all that shit. But, like, we were just like, hey, we gotta go. Um, We forgot something at the house, which is... Like, he doesn't live far from where I live. So. 
I'm going all the way home. We were like, we're going to go get something from the house. And then we just never came back. And, like, I don't know. I still haven't said much to him. He had the baby, and I went and met the baby at my mom's wedding. So I've seen the baby a couple of times. But, like, bro. It's, uh... It's complicated. Life is complicated. Fucking families are complicated. Life is... Yeah. I don't have that. My sister... Luckily, you have I don't a know, twin she's... brother. You're telling me that shit's not complicated? No, that's just that shit don't make you feel some type of way, dude. He's got. Uh, well, the bright side of that is he literally had the same starting line. The bright side of that is he doesn't have what I want. So he's, right, he's better off economically right. than I am, but I make more money than him monthly. I just blow a lot of money on weed cards. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm that friend. I'm that family member that's like, I ain't to borrow money, but just because I'm fucking dumb. So, that's not super great. And it sucks, because, like, the dude can drink. He can drink normal. So, like... Yeah. That bugs me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Because that makes it all your fault? That makes it kind of me, yeah. And just like, oh, I'm the weird one. I can't do this. But, like, their side of that is, like, he met this girl, he got married, they've got, like, a farmstead and shit. I don't really want all that. See, and, like, with my brother, like, it's not... Like, I don't, I don't want to be a firefighter with a right, wife and a kid that. and a house. Honest. I don't want that. You are what you think about. But, you are what you want. Right but now. if I did want that, I would be fine. Instead, what I want is to be a, you know, awesome stand-up comedian that makes money just telling jokes, and I don't have it. We're going to get there, man. So, like, I don't, and I don't know if, like, being so, like, a the firefighter value... is what he wants, but, like... No. He has at least something. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I don't feel like... Um, I'm glad things have worked out the way they have in my life. But that doesn't disentitle me to being dissatisfied with where I'm at right now. If that makes sense. It does not. So, like, I'm not... <laughs> you don't... You are what you manifest, right? So, like... You are I, what you think. I am what I think right now. I'm yep. the fucking... Thanks, Oprah. Semi, yeah, fucking Oprah. I'm the semi fucking, I'm the semi functional middle management call center guy that I want to be right now because that's what's, that's the. Yeah, but you confluence yourself, you're living. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing okay. I'm not doing bad. But that's the confluence of what you want to be right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could, Andrew, you could accept the level of like. Creative dysfunction. No, you could. Well, you could accept the level of the electrician and like make. Honestly, electricians can make buku bucks. There's like a there's a pretty yeah. high, there's a pretty high end cap on what they can do if you get it's unionized not, and you get. I don't really think that's my purpose in life. Well, that's the thing is that you ever watch uh, fucking Soul? Yeah. Yeah. So there was this guy in that movie that inspired me. He talked about how he wanted to be like a, a singer and he had a beautiful voice. But he was happy. The barbershop guy. But he was yeah. happy doing the barbershop thing. Because he got to hang out with his people. Yeah. So there's like, there's, there's this, your life is this confluescence, this confluescence of like, your highest aspiration of what you want to be. And then your lowest aspiration of like, yeah. the input you're willing to put in. See, but there are definitely times doing electrical work that I get into the flow state. Oh yeah. Where it's that, you know, like, 
I'm just focusing on what I'm doing. I am exactly who I am at that point. It's like a meditative practice. It's like that with customer service. It's going to sound super weird, but I run bits on this. That does sound super but, weird. But you call me, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to set you back right. These, these emotionally uncalibrated women are like little sea turtles that I have to... They're, they're like walking off the table. They're like baby sea turtles walking off the table, and I just got to turn Bro. around and send them back. I want you to have, like, a massive heckler at some point. Because, like, I feel like that might... You need to unlock that skill set, but in the other venue. Because you have that skill set of diffusing a person. Hmm. And that's a lot of what dealing with a heckler is, is how do I diffuse this situation? Except... Now you don't have the restraints of I'm working for this company and after no you can dunk on their ass yeah you can dunk on their ass but you also have to know when to pull it back so that like for example there was this time in when I was in Austin and I was doing this open mic and there was literally it was comedians at almost every open mic and this some other fucking comedian was dabbing on your ass no 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 this mic was no different it was mostly comedians. And then there was three, what I would consider, audience members. They had stayed from the previous show, which was a paid show, and they had stayed over to watch the open mic afterwards. So they did a paid and show, like a, a live event with a paid comedian. Yeah, and then and they then stayed afterwards, afterwards. they were like, open mic. Yeah, for open mic. Okay. Um, which is how a lot of the clubs there work. Like, they're constantly running fucking... They're constantly running shit. Y'all, it's 19... Sorry, it's 1792. Y'all want a nice whiskey. Made right after the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. It's, um, um, that's not a bad bit. But anyway... Canadian, too. <clears throat> anyway, this one lady in the group, Bridget, kept talking to all the comedians oh, on stage. And one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in comedy was almost every single comedian that got up after Bridget started quote heckling she was really just like trying to interact and being you know it wasn't like she was saying that they were terrible or talking shit to the comedians she was just trying to put in her two cents as well and the way that i saw these comedians deal with this was fucking phenomenal they walked perfectly the line between like you don't want her to leave because she's one of it's a third of the entire third audience. Of your whole audience, yeah. So you don't want her to leave, but you want to make fun of her enough that the comedians and everybody else in the audience is fucking cracking, cracking up. And it worked. And like there is that line to be walked. I'm not gonna lie. And I feel like customer service would contribute to that. Oh yeah. I'm gonna lie. I feel like customer service is the whole bit. With comedy, there's a lot of bits. You're filling you're filling out the crowd the same way. So like, the way I say it to my bosses is like, I wrestle bears. These when they call in, they're like fucking gnarly. You yeah, know what I mean, I gotta get them back to a place of like, I gotta take this bear and make them back into a jackalope. You yeah. know what I mean, I gotta like talk them down into a little rabbit state. Um, <coughs> but comedy's like that. It's kill or be killed. You get out there and you're like, either somebody's gonna laugh at this shit, I'm gonna land with the girl next to you, and you're gonna laugh as a nervous response, or I'm gonna die, and you're gonna laugh at how fucking dead I am. You know, it's yeah. very kill or be killed. It's very wrestling bears. And or they're like, not gonna laugh at all. 
that's one thing I like about comedy is it's very much like wrestling bears. Sometimes there's a part of me that feels like you're made for this level of stress that you don't really attain. Like, you know? Yeah. So, like, there's this level of stress. It's like the stress and payoff. I used to call it the happy button. You Adrenaline to, used to be worth something. Yes, you want to mash the happy button. You want to hit that thing that makes you feel like you're alive. I'm in this meat suit. I'm here for, Well, like, is it the happy button or is it the, like... Go button, because like the happy button is like, um, fuck. There's serotonin and there's uh, so there's serotonin and dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah. And the problem, dopamine is the motivation one. Serotonin is the reward one. Yeah. The problem with me is I've got I feel adrenaline. like I've got kind of deficient levels of serotonin. You might also be an adrenaline junkie. I'm chasing I'm around. Yeah. No, I am adrenaline junkie. It's the only thing I can feel. Yeah. Like, I'm chasing around. Which, being on stage, that's a fuckload of adrenaline. Dude, when I say that was a hit, like, yeah. I love you, brother, because, like, Bro, I've never had a hit wait. like that that wasn't drugs. Yeah. Like, stand I felt up is, the exact same way. Stand up is like drugs. Like, I just. It I, literally is. I a don't drug. feel the same way about anything else except drugs. Like, yeah. if you. And it'd have to be good drugs. Like, it'd have to be, like, good speed or good fucking boy. Like, yeah. Not to fuck your fucking... We're from 1792. Not to fuck your audience up. But, like, yeah, honestly, this is a good boy. Uh, fucking... Yeah. This is... 1792, if you haven't ever drank it, by the way, guys, is a really stiff whiskey. It's small batch, so the the percentage is not on there. But it's about 30%. One sec. It's, um... To be well, a we're whiskey... We're not all junkies. We don't need the percentage. No, 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 you do. <laughs> to be a whiskey it's have to be in a certain percentage but it's really strong whiskey and uh, I'm going to stop talking about it now but there's this thing of like going on stage the adrenaline yes I the hit let me just tell you I cannot wait until you get like an actual show with people that have come there to see comedy and I die and no no and you fucking murder like because you're going to. You're it a good will friend. happen. You're a good friend. It'll happen. Dude, I've had moments of murder. Because the high from that. It's so real. Woo! Dude, I've had moments of murder. But it also, it, it fades so fast. That first night when I went out there and I was like, I've never done this before. Yeah. Hope we're going to be okay. If we push through, I think we'll have a good time. I thought of that bit on the stairs at Joe's Underground and it murdered. Yeah. It's so like I thought of it and then 10 minutes later I delivered it. Yeah. And it. it it had the reaction I wanted. The eight people that I wanted to laugh all, like, stopped drinking their drink. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you want. It's yeah. like, get, like, dude. Even like, if it's not an audible laugh, if you're at a place like Joe's Underground where you can see the entire audience <laughs> and judge their reactions in a quick, like, glance across the bar, and you're like, holy shit. Okay, so they didn't, like, bust a nut laughing, no. but they gave that gut reaction. There's that, this involuntary shit was there. There's this fucking... Brittany, I think, recorded it. And I think she recorded it because it came on after you. And she had, she was already recording because you were on, right? Yeah. And so I had forgotten to record it. But the bit, like, the, the set was um, solid as fuck. Keep going. I'm going to take a piss yeah, take since a we're piss. outside. I'm going to talk about... All right, all right. We're going to talk about Andrew's long-ass dick. Long Y'all, he had to back up... He had to back up about three feet from the fence line just now. <laughs> 
So there's a comfortability level that I reach, audience, with people where I can pee and, like, defecate while they're listening. And I strive for that with people that I, that I live with and love. And I'm glad to know that not only am I there with Andrew, but that you there, audience, are also there with Andrew. Because he is, he's sharing this with you. This is his raw body, his, his monkey form, his raw, muddy, human, <laughs> bipedal <Look>. fucking... <laughs> My threshold for peeing around people is very low. So what you heard just now was rain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. No. Um, I uh, actually peed in front of the municipal building the other day. And what? I felt like such a G. Yeah, I love that building downtown. It looks like a fucking... It looks like the Matrix. It's like this big black and white building. It's like marble, and there's this big dick out in front. It's like a fucking... Fantastic. You know what I'm talking about. It's like a big obelisk. I think I've seen the building before, yeah. It's an obelisk. They've got an obelisk out front in the middle yeah. of the road. And it's just, Government is all about putting up penis statues. Yeah, they love that shit. Government, they love it. Government weed pipe makers love yep. penises. Why are weed pipes always shaped like penises? Yeah, it's just natural. Hmm. I'm going to circle back to a conspiracy thing that I wanted to get on earlier, but fucking... Yeah. This girl told me one time, she was like, uh, the, the worst lie they ever told us was that it was casual sex. And I'm like, I don't know, baby. Because that's what I was going for, guys. I'm a little drunk, but I'll be honest with you, that's where I was shooting with that. So I was a little bit sad when she said that. But I think the worst lie they ever told us was that birds are real. But Birds are... I've had a pet bird. I petted it. It was... It seemed you had a pretty, pet drone. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I was eight. It might have been fake. But I will tell you that uh, the worst lie the government tells you is they don't want you on drugs. It's not about the casual sex or any of that shit. The casual sex is part of it. They want you depressed. So they push casual sex on you because they want you to build impersonal reactions to people. Is that the drugs? or I mean, sorry. Is that the government or is that the companies? Companies and the government are together. They, they both. Well, I think the companies run the government right now. Yeah, a little bit. But let's say let's say Frank and Andrew just now got elected to president of the U.S. We were like fucking the kings of the U.S. Me and you were the Spartan kings. Both yeah. of us decide what it is. It's two kings, it's us. Yeah. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to talk you into cowing these fucking people. Because there's a lot of them. And I don't culling? Cowing. Cowing? Cowing is different from culling. What is cowing? Cowing... Culling is killing a certain number of people. Right, yeah, thinning the herd. Cowing is making something domestic. Well, we've been, the so government's you, been working on that for a long time. We've been working on that. Yeah. Actually, it's women, by the way. Women are the problem. I'm just kidding. Men are the problem. <laughs> women are the problem. But uh, you, women have been selecting for more intelligent and more docile mates since we started being humans, Right. And Not since we started being humans, but since we started society. Maybe that created humans. But in general, you kill the guys. Like, if there's some guy in your neighborhood that's running around murdering people, right? One of my friends called me today because one of his neighbors keeps walking back and forth and, like, flashes wife or his dick. And that's a real thing, guys. That's like a... Weird. Um, yeah, this guy needs help, but the government, the, the, the cops can't help because he doesn't have a first and last name. They just have his description of a guy. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. So he got a bunch of cameras, because that's what you do now. Um, so you can get pictures of the dick. I guess they need a picture of his dick so they can be like, hey, this is what he's showing my wife. Where I was going with that is, like, no one... It's like a fingerprint, though. You could identify him by it. Well, that's the idea, is you can identify him by that. 
But if someone is running around doing that, let's say he's going farther than that. Let's say he's not showing your wife his dick. He's giving your wife his dick. She may or, not, may or may not be okay with it. You're living in a tribal neighborhood in, like, Sparta or okay. Meso... What's the word? America? Uh, Mesopotamia or Mesoamerica. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Anything pre-colonial. Um, you're going to kill that fucker, right? Yeah. So, like, if some guy Jacob's running around just, like... So this guy that lives down the street from this guy, he hit my friend with a rock. Let's say some guy Jacob is running around hitting people with rocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're in like a pre-Columbian, like pre, um, pre-colonial society, everyone's really kind of like niche in with each other. You don't need that guy Jacob around. He's a fucking yeah. murderer or raper or whatever yeah. the fuck. You don't need a violent... So you murder him. Yeah, you murder him. And that sucks, but in the Bible they call it stoning. But it's murder, yeah. right? So as these guys that are highly antisocial get murdered, over time we become more docile as people because the more antisocial, less docile elements of our society are getting cult yeah. by the group, right? Yeah. So we're kind of... I was listening to your, your podcast uh, with uh, <clears throat> the, the dog breeder, and I was thinking about how we dog breed each other. Yeah. And we really do. We're becoming a more pretty, more intelligent people because we only want to fuck people who we think are intelligent and pretty. Right? We got rid yeah, of... Yeah, but nowadays, 2021, like, it's not even... We could fake a lot of that shit, right? Well, I don't <laughs> know if people are necessarily faking it, but I think there is generally a larger group of acceptance for, like, you know, overweight people or not... You say Classically that. Classically pretty people. But you know the bit that I... I haven't run this yet, but I'm working on the walk-up. How many bits are you going to give away in this podcast? Uh, four. So four. far. Four? Four so far. Probably more. I don't Probably care. more. I don't give a fuck. Guys, come out to Joe's. I'll run these bits, and they'll be actually, like, good. Maybe. Be good. Maybe. I don't we'll know. see. Probably shit. Yeah, let's be honest. They, they go okay. But, uh, fucking... God damn it. What were we talking about? God damn it, Andrew. Fat people. Fat people. Oh, the bit. There's no, uh, there's acceptance for everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Right? You're transgender? Accepted. Except Jews. No, no, no. Jewish? Accepted. 100%. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Holocaust is real. And if you don't believe that, they'll kick you off fucking Tumblr. My fucking, <laughs> <laughs> my fucking, uh, there's acceptance for everyone except the uglies. Like, real talk. Except the who? Except the uglies. The uglies. The uglies are not accepted. Look, you go I, on Instagram. There's no uglies. You go to the movies. There's no uglies in the movies. And I, look, I don't want to, look, I don't want to sound cocky. I don't want to sound full of myself. I don't want any of those things. But you know what the difference is between me and somebody who a lot of people would consider a fucking creep and a weirdo is that I'm more attractive. Yeah. Actually, I realize I'm in that. defeat. I realize that at 16. The instant somebody says that, that they're in defeat, like you, like, no. cringe a little bit, right? Like I realize that at 16. The difference between hot and creepy is whether or not you like their cheekbones. Yeah. Think about it. I had a girl... The one, difference between a good dancer and a bad dancer is whether or not they're attractive well, or cool. Confidence can play into that. Because uh, confidence can play into that, but if everybody thinks you're a nerd already, it doesn't matter how much confidence you have. They're still gonna think that your dance was nerdy, even though it's the exact same thing that Chris Brown is fucking doing. That's very true. 
Because Chris Brown um, does some ridiculous, stupid bullshit on the dance floor that I know I've done before. I'm just not black and handsome. Like... Very true. You, you are handsome, not black. But, um... So the thing with, like, attractiveness is we allow this double standard, right? Mm. Uh, because... Which double standard is that? That it's okay to be, like... It's okay to be a creep if you're hot. It's okay to be a creep if you're hot. Drake. Yeah. Drake is my, like, drop the mic. Well, people... I'm sorry, like podcast Drake family. Are people you mad about like, Drake? No, no, no. You're wrong, though, because people don't like Drake anymore. Well, we'll see. People are... No, nah, no. Nah, people are... I mean, okay. You're right. Everybody's still probably going to listen to his album. We'll fucking see, yeah. But, like, if R. Kelly dropped a new album, you know people would be on that shit. Like... Yeah. As much as that motherfucker. And R. Is Kelly an pees on preteens. Preteens. Like literally. Preteens. Fifteen cool year olds peeing on people. Fifteen year olds have testified. Teenagers. Dude. All right. So Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump has settled out of court. Yeah. With minor children. Probably so is Joe Biden. Let's be honest. He's been prominent as well. Well, okay. So the thing is, I think Joe Biden has kept it quiet enough. I think Joe Biden has kept it under wraps enough because I saw a thing the other day. Somebody posted uh, some post about how, uh, like, oh, so you're just going to let me think that this is normal? And it was like 16 different photos of Joe Biden sniffing a child's hair. All right, so my old boss sent me a collage of, like, 100 different photos. That's incriminating as fuck. That created a new photo. There was a photo of Joe Biden smiling that was made out of photos of Joe Biden sniffing girls' hair. Yes. That's how deep it goes. Yeah, like... And it's over, like, three decades. Some of them are black and white. Yeah, some of them are black and white. Some of these girls are grown now. Yes. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, there's no the it the thing what I why I was bringing up that post is because it got fact checked by oh. Facebook. And they were like fuck this shit. I clicked on the I was like are these what? fake photos? What the he- are these fake photos? Like did Joe Biden not really sniff 16 underage women? And uh, I clicked on the fact check thing and the fact check thing was like People are accusing Joe Biden of being a pedophile, but there's never been any, any allegations or any convictions whatsoever. And I'm like, okay, no but public convictions, no public allegations. Sixteen photos of him sniffing prepubescent girls. That's not evidence of anything, is it? That's not evidence of anything. He's just a weird grandpa that likes sniffing. Who? All right. Who? Who does that? Yeah. Who does that? No, he does And that. it's people that fuck kids. That's who does that. <laughs> okay? That's evidence enough. Mm. Can I be honest? Like, most people like me... I didn't vote, by the way, guys. I'm sorry. You can crucify me. I should have... I was taking a hit, but I was about to tell you, don't be honest, please. No, fight me. I don't <laughs> care. Don't I, I didn't vote for Obama, but I lied about that what? for years. I'm sorry. I loved Obama. I actually really loved him, and I thought he would legalize weed, but here we are. Um, I'm going to be... I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat your honesty. Drop the, right drop here. the bomb. I'm gonna there. drop the bomb right here, right now. I, let me look. I'm not gonna blame this on bad sound quality because we're outside. I'm gonna wait till this sound is over, and then I'm really gonna say it. The truth bomb. I, as a 28 year old adult, have never voted <laughs> in anything. <laughs> as never. a 30 year old adult, I have never voted in anything but a promenade. 
<laughs> what even is that? <laughs> it's a public school popularity contest. See who's hot. So. Fuck most, yeah. Most of the school That's would, what I'm talking about. Most of the school would fuck Anna Mulliken. She's not listening to this, but if she is, you're still hot, probably. But is that uh, like Macaulay Culkin's twin? No, she was some girl that went to high school with me that was on the ballot. I don't know. Nice. Well she known. She hottest? She was well known and going to be, I think she was on the prom queen thing. I might just be, Anna Mulliken might just be a girl that I thought was hot. She might have nothing to do with prom queen at Evans High School, which is where I went. Have you seen her lately? Have you ever thought about, yeah, yeah she's okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> There's a lot of things that are hot when you're fucking, like, 18. That yeah. You're like, ah. This is why, um, this is why the bit about the sex worker is so fucking germane. Because they send you all this fucking shit. And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then you're like, $80. And they send you, like, a fucking... You're like, can we get this price lower? Yeah, no. Yeah. What is it about men that you feel like you lower your own value when you pay for it? You know? But also, like, I paid $20. So, like, I was at this, uh, you know the thing they do downtown? The, the Saturday thing? morning uh, market thing? It's like a... Like a, like like a, a slave market? No, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> kind of. It's like a bazaar. I wouldn't, like, it would not surprise me. I mean, if, if, if people were still producing slaves, it's about producing. I'm sorry. But that's honest. Like, in, in the time that slaves were marketed, it was about what was, be, what was being produced. But no, it's like a market. It's a bazaar. It's a uh, God. We're never gonna recover from that. Sorry, listeners, if you're still not. Fucking is it a horror market? No, it's not a horror market. You shit. What is wrong with you? God damn it! It's an art market. It's a fucking. It's oh, a Saturday morning oh, okay. bazaar. It's a Saturday morning. Yeah, like a farmers market for paintings. It's a farmers market. They have they have pickles and shit. They don't have fucking. They don't oh, have hookers yeah. or slaves and God damn it, you fucking. Podcast me. Okay, if you want a sex worker or a field worker, you're gonna have to go to a different podcast. I don't know what podcast advertises those, but this is not the one. So anyway, you went to this farmer's market for a. I went to this farmer's market, and this girl sold me on this like Colombian breakfast. It was like tacos. It was like a hard fried tortilla something on top of uh, jerk chicken and beef base with some sort of like sauce that they spread on. Sounds it was, delicious. It was Yeah, it was honestly great. I've never had it. I drink... I I don't eat mayonnaise, y'all. I don't eat mayonnaise. I don't Why? Because I, 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 I'm autistic. I eat like... I eat the first thing I eat at your restaurant and nothing else. So if I go there, like I go to Metal Mushroom and I get the burger. Weird. The first time I went there I got the burger and it worked. Pacific it. Rim is such a good pizza. <laughs> that is a good pizza. I've actually had other things in Mellow Mushroom, but when I go oh, there... Oh, so you're a liar! I am a bit of a liar, but when I go there, in general, like I go there like four times a week because I spend too much money, but I go there to sit in the company of people, right? Right. To alleviate the same loneliness this hooker is offering me. We're going to circle all the way back for all my non-ADD people. We, were, we started this about sex work. It's like Billy Joel said... Sharing a drink called loneliness, but it's better than drinking alone. It is. So, like, I let this fucking chick at a farmer's market talk me into spending $26 on a breakfast when I only wanted coffee. Ooh. Because she kept telling me the shit was good and she was cute. Yeah. But somehow it, hits, do your, that. Somehow it hits your Y chromosome when you're like, I want to pay you explicitly for attention. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how um, Lilium has described OnlyFans a lot. Because Lilium just started an OnlyFans, which they publicly posted about. I'm not, like, not revealing... Yeah. I'm not revealing any big secrets here, but... Apparently, the thing about OnlyFans... I thought it was, like... When I imagine OnlyFans, I was thinking about my current porn experience, which is, like, looking through Reddit or Instagram or whatever for feet pictures and, like, whatnot. Like... I do use Reddit for porn. Yeah, never, bro. Reddit is the best for porn. I never thought way, to use it for porn. Like, all I of my... Never. All of my listeners need to check out all the porn on Reddit. So there's this one Reddit that's like, I don't know what it's called, but it's like girls expose themselves briefly in public. That was kind of hot. Hold the moan? Maybe. But it's like, they just Maybe. Like pull there is a, there's a pull down their pants in public. There's a subreddit called Hold the Moan, and it's for Are they beating in public, public sex. That's different. Oh, okay. Just any sexual act in public. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a whole new, that's a whole different kink. Yeah. Trying it, to hold it it's down. A kink. Trying to hold it down while your friend is in the next room, and yeah, you're like, I'm not right. trying to let him know. That's a whole different kind of fucking, like, I have to reserve this shit. Exactly. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, I thought OnlyFans was, like, mainly for that. Like, you want pictures, but you want more pictures from the same person. So you subscribe to this person's OnlyFans, and they put out more content, and you get more pictures and videos. No. What people on OnlyFans are paying for is the specific attention of the yeah. person who runs that OnlyFans. Of one person. They want to talk to that person. They want to message that person. They want their Look, dick man, rated on a scale from 1 to 10. I don't 10. know if my fucking Y... I don't know if my chromosome is deficient. But to be honest, if you look at a Y, if you look at the letter Y, yeah, it is one line away from the letter X. Yeah. You ever think about that? That's actually why the y, y chromosome is named the way it is. Yeah. It is a deficient X Well, because they're shaped like that, right? They're shaped like Under X. a microscope, it's shaped like that. Under a microscope, like it's shaped like a little deficient X chromosome. It's like someone tried to build an X, and they couldn't get it all the way together. Yeah, it's like they took one of the X's ribs yeah. and put it into the... And that's where they keep the ovaries on the outside, and the make some sperm, make 30,000 sperm a day, and fucking grow a beard, which yeah. I can kind of do, by the way. But, uh, fucking, yeah, that's, right. where they, that's where they keep all that shit. Like, that's... That's your chromosome deficiency. But um, what's interesting about that for guys dating is uh, if, you're in an intimate, if you're in an intimate relationship, you have this level of validation that you don't get if you're single and you're a guy. If you're single and you're a guy, you get this validation on the fact that like you're fuckable, you're... Honestly, that's it. You get, you get the validation that you're fuckable. You get the validation yep. that you're like someone that somebody would fuck on, on a one-night stand. That's what I feel. Yeah. When you're in a relationship, you get this validation that you are worth slightly more. That you are attractive. Sometimes. Sometimes. You're in a relationship, you know. I mean, not yeah, all the time. Sometimes you feel like dirt. Right, but yeah. most of the time you feel like this, girl, <clears throat> this person chose me. And I think it. Right. And I think it comes with, like, being in a relationship for a long time. Something that, like, one of the fruits of being in a long term relationship is that you, like, slowly stop believing the person that you're in a relationship with that they're like you know constantly complimenting you all the time saying like oh you're so hot or you're so cute and you're like okay yeah but we've been together for like four years and you've been saying that the whole time like do you really mean that or are you just saying that because you've been saying that so this is or real like, advice from someone whose long-term relationship failed 
believe live in the world you want to live in. If you want to live in the world where that girl fucking believes that shit and that's what's happening, yeah, dive into that. You that's are what you happening. think, huh? You are what you think. I really believe that. Yeah. Because both are true, Andrew. It's like at this moment, I'm a single man. There's like three girls that I would love to fucking like really connect with me and like something take off, right? Yeah. I would also love for any one of those three girls to be like, hey, come over and fuck me. Right? That'd be great. <laughs> All three are true. Yeah. Now, if I get into a relationship, I'm not more or less capable of cognitive dissonance. I'm the same level of capable. Yeah. Right? So in that relationship, I'm capable of the cognitive dissonance of, like, this relationship works, it's great for me, and I love it. And also, at moments, when you fucking won't... I asked you for one thing. You don't work all day. Can you please take the trash out? Right? Yeah. So, like, those are the moments when you're like, I don't know what I'm doing this for. Both are true. You're doing it because you love this person and you, you want to be with them. And also, they forgot the trash. And what the fuck? Who does that? So yeah. what what decides That's... what is really true? Right? Both are true in that moment. There's a scrotiger. But then there are also times when... Like and I think that might be where the distrust in my own, you know, relationship sense have come from. Yeah. Is like being in a relationship with somebody who for so long was lying about that shit. About how like I'm the only one for them and how like we're gonna be together forever. Like that's literally what getting married is supposed to mean is we're gonna be together so now forever. You're, like, you're in this mode of like is that a thing, or was that... doesn't a th- even exist. But, Andrew, both were true. Both were true. And what makes the difference is what you choose. There's a real, like, so this comes up in karate and, like, fucking... My stepdad has three black belts, and then when I was a kid, I really wanted to be cool with him on this, like, karate level, but I'm not... I mean, people listening to the podcast can't see me, but I'm, like, 90 pounds soaking wet. I'm very, very small. Yeah. I'm not a karate guy. But I learned karate. I learned uh, fucking this really specific kind of like karate from my stepdad that is, um, it's not really super applicable. It's like female fucking like self defense shit. It's a lot of throw you over my Kick shoulder. Kick him in the balls and stab Yeah, it's a lot eyes. of throw you over my shoulder kind of shit. Okay. But it focuses on the part of uh, jiu jitsu that is relevant. Jer- Joe Rogan talks about this. He talks about rolling with people. Right. There's this concept that is true in reality. It's true spiritually. I know you're not big on the spiritual concepts, but it's also true metaphysically. You have to accept where you're at to to enact your power in the moment. So, like, in the moment, both are true. You might have a girlfriend who is, like, put out the door... I'm going to speak from my experience. I, I had a girlfriend who I feel like was put out the door and also, like, wanted to get into this shit. And that's where the wedding ring comes in handy because the wedding ring is this, like, societal bond of, like, we're into this shit. It makes a choice for you. And I tell this bit, but it's true. You wake up every morning and you decide on this person. Or you don't. Right. You, wake up, you may wake up tomorrow, Andrew, and be like, you know what, fuck this shit. I'm going to Vegas. Yeah. I want to go to Vegas. Fuck this shit. I'm going to wait tables in Vegas so somebody discovers me. You know what I mean? And you could literally do that. It's all about your choice. It would be an awful plan, but yeah. It would be an awful plan. I don't think it would work out great, but it would be a choice you can make. Dude. You're the god of your choices, right? 
So, I don't know if I believe that. I think you are the god of your choices. I think there's a lot more deterministicness to the world than free will. I think that the way, like, our genetics, the way we were raised, the choices that were made for us on along the path that we took have a lot more... In, well, at, if not a lot more, at least an equal amount of influence on us as our own personal, quote, consciousness. I can see that. Which, like, free will. What a question. What a fucking topic. So there's this... My brother's... Super what? hardcore atheist, and I always got to make room for him, man. Right? His idea of free will, I can't speak for him. He'd have to tell you guys this shit. He's a pretty deep person, so I'm going to just synopsize my outside view of his reality. Real quick. Yes, tell us your view of somebody else's view. Yeah. Instead of your own. So, like, I, I'll say my own. I feel like yes. We what are, is your view of free will versus determinism? Yeah. You How have, much free will do you think you have? I have as much free will. I'm the god of my choices in the moment. But Andrew, God only gave me... God gave me this narrow view of the choices that I've made. And I'm only getting the choices that I've made that I've identified with. Yeah. There's another version of me that chose different things. And I don't so, know where he is. So, look, you're... No, you know exactly where he is. You are in a very unique position as a human being... Being a fucking twin, and that I can estimate. you have literally another example. You have a That's sample fair. of what your life would be like had you made j- different choices. But on top of that, you're fraternal twins, so you don't share exact DNA. You're not exactly the same person. No, Will's not nearly as bi. So Will suffers so, more from the depressive side of my family. This, no one knows this, but my, my family's inheritance is like two balls of serotonin that we all get to chase around. Oh my god. <laughs> that's a bit that I'm working on, but like that's yeah. literally how I feel. It's like my whole family, my dad has seasonal dysphoric disorder. Yeah. My mom has never gone to a doctor except for one time, and when he did, he diagnosed it with bipolar. So what happened with your brother? He just missed out? On no, life? he got depression when we were fucking... When we were 11, Will had major depression in the okay. game of Zoloft. But so you're saying... Him, whatever he did, whatever choices he made to push through it, were like, those were his choices. Yeah. That was and his. they were made from his brain chemistry. So, like, I, I think that Will actually... But brain chemistry isn't your choice. No, it's not. So, I, I suffer from a lot of neuro, neuroticism. Like, I, I feel like I'm very extroverted compared to Will. And I feel like it's because I'm neurotic. I want people to like me. Will doesn't actually care if people like him. And I actually envy this about him. I want people to like me. If I meet you and you don't like me, your friend—I uh, met your friend at the at the, at the, the Joe's the other day—and I, I wanted I wanted that chick to like me so fucking bad. I don't even know her from Eve. I just wanted her, Ansley. I wanted Ansley? to like me so oh, fucking bad. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why. I was like, please like me. I thought you were talking about Corey for a minute. Who's Corey? The guy we were talking up before you met him. Oh yeah, I like Corey. No, Corey's cool too because that's a whole other phenomenon. You guys like Corey so much that you preface him with like a buffer before I even met him. You're like, Corey's coming over. He's fucking dope. He's this way. And um, I don't know, man. I feel like. Well, I just wanted to know. And like, Corey, if you're listening, which I have no idea if he even listens to this, he was on two episodes so far. So nice. I really hope he listens. But like, he is like. I don't know. 
I think maybe we hyped him up too much to where like we made him kind of like a celebrity to you and then when once you met him it was like meeting a fucking celebrity <laughs> and that maybe like made him feel a little bit awkward about meeting you dude because... my brother was that way so like no one believed that a twin because people would meet me first because I'm the extroverted motherfucker right they'd be like oh Frank's cool let me invite Frank to my birthday and I'm like oh I'm 13 can my brother come too because yeah. my parents are weird right What's up? and he was like the unicorn of our high school Corey, y'all introduced him like a unicorn. You're like, this motherfucker has like a glowing horn, and he comes <laughs> in just the sound of trumpets. You yes. know what I mean? And actually, I, I wasn't disappointed at all. Which, him. to me, he does. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was not disappointed motherfucker at all. Motherfucker is angelic. You want uh, you want your friends to feel that way about you. And I love that you guys are that, like, genuine that you feel that way about people. I feel like yeah. there's... I feel like there's a deficit in the world lately of, like... Genuineness and connectivity that we don't connect with people in a real way. And then you're prefacing this like, oh, I oversold Corey, and I feel like that was weird. But no, I like Corey. Uh, he taught me something about tarot that I I had never heard. He taught, he taught me a different spread that he had made up. Okay. And it was a six-card spread of like what you are going through and what you can do about it. I realize we've gotten way off track. Here. Way off track. My so, is what fire. is what exactly is your view of free will versus determinism? Oh, circling back to the real bits. Yes, like the it. real shit. This is y'all. This is the mark of a good interviewer. It's keeping me on the brass steps. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, like free will, you have. So the Taoists say this, and I have this written on a notebook that I, I write this on every new notebook that I start. You have to accept your position to find your power. Okay. Right, so like tend to the part of the garden you can touch. Yes, yeah, that's in the Bible. Wait, that's not the Bible. That the Bible. That's Buddha. Is that Buddha? That's I'm okay. Pretty sure that's Buddha. That probably. Don't look is at Buddha. me. I'm. But the uh, things the time. the phrase that I like is um, you have to. Damn, what did you say? Tend to the part of the garden. What did I say? Tend to the part of the garden you can. What touch. did I say before that though? Uh, you said. <laughs> I can't remember. This is the relapse podcast. You point out. Um, but can, you have to touch the, you have to, so like what I say at work is when, when someone new comes in above me, cause like where I work is middle management, so there's a lot of like turnaround and higher management guys, by the way, all you have to do is get into higher management and then you can grift around to different organizations. But, um, fucking what I say is, uh, you don't know what chairs are nailed down and what can roll, right? Okay. So like you have to find out what in your life you can move and what you can't. And the, the... God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't yeah. <laughs> and like it fucking it's cliche as fuck dude but it's very true how do you know what you can and cannot change and so like where it comes into determinism yeah. that's what you were asking me is the Taoists say so like guys you have this moment I actually don't believe in the afterlife okay and this makes me weird among Christians what do you think happens nothing let's not let's stay on topic anyway free will free so. will you're here to make choices God wants to know what Andrew Weberdink is gonna is gonna make. Stop sorry. Dead naming me. I'm sorry, dead name. God it. wanted to. God gave you that dead name so you could kill it. Yeah. Like for real. So in 1993, God was like, "There's gonna be this fucker. He's gonna be a scrawny fuck that's gonna be hilarious and beautiful. He's gonna look." I'm pretty gonna... sure that God exists just for me to kill him. But anyway. Kinda. I mean, for real. Like the concept of God is represents the cowing of our people. So like. 
It literally is why it was invented. Well, yeah. So, like, I like God. I relate to God on a level of, like... Uh, you relate to God? Okay. Oh. At one point, <laughs> when I was uh, going through serious delirium, delirium trimmings, I had this epiphany where I was like, we're all Jesus. Yeah. Like, how are you not Jesus, Andrew? You're, you're how the, are you not? You're the physical manifestation of God, right? Yeah. And I think when you die, you ask me about free will. When you die, I think you go back to God. And I think you're actually here to see what this fucker will do. So you do believe in an afterlife, just not... I think you recycle. Yeah. I think I'm going to come back as a jackalope. Well, see, and you were talking earlier about, like, possibly being the one who chose to be in this this. body. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole theory about, like, life on this planet is a simulation, right? Like, it's a big game of Sims. It's a ride. It's a ride. It's and Andrew asked somebody. He was like, "Let me get on this ride. I want to be Andrew Weberding." Have you watched Rick and Morty? Yeah, of course. Uh, You know the Roy game? Yes, where you play as Roy. Yeah, we're basically playing a game of Roy. Yes, and we chose. I really believe that. Yes, I really believe that. I think I'm here to see. So, like, you're here. You. So you say you didn't. You didn't believe that you were the god of your choices, because you think. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to presume. I think that at least within this simulation that we are a part of currently, that the avatar that I have been given is determined to make a certain set of choices, and there are a certain, like, there's an influence that I am able to have over it in a little way, but most of the time I'm going to be making choices based off of the way that my brain has been constructed which is based off of the simulation, which I may or may not have, in a different life, chosen. Here's what I really think. I think you chose to be Andrew Lieberdink. I think you chose to be born on, what are you, a Libra? Right? Pisces. Pisces, so you were born in June? February. February. Damn, I got that all wrong. <laughs> anyway, all of it. You were born. You chose to be born in the day you were born. I think, I think you actually chose your family. I think I chose my twin, even though we're very different. I actually don't think that he's... You ever heard the concept of a, a twin flame? Yeah. I actually don't think my twin is my twin flame. I think I share a soul with him, and that we're both here to learn different things. But um, not like I share a soul like we're one deterministic person. There's an Andrew Weberdink that is way behind Andrew Havoc, who's way behind any of this shit. He, yeah. he already knew Brittany before he Oh, there are tons Brittany. of different universes. There's an I behind the me. Right? So there's the me, the Frank that wears, like, that's about to go pee in your bush because I've really got to pee. Don't and we're going to make the podcast listen to it. But there's a fucking, there's an I behind the me. Yeah. And that I asked somebody, <clears throat> he asked somebody for a ticket on this ride. And maybe he wants to get off pretty soon, but, like, I don't know. I feel like you're the god of your choices. I feel like you're down here to choose what you choose. And you're right in that you're a bit locked into what you choose, but it's like a, it's like a first person shooter. You play Call of Duty, right? Yeah. So like you play Call of Duty. Halo. Yeah, or Halo, and you're you're, you're you're tucked down in a bunker, and you're getting fucking like. You choose on. what you choose, but the path is already set before you. The shitty part is that everyone else is also choosing what they choose, and God gave everyone free will. That's what Satan was so mad but about. But we're all God. We're all God, and we all get to choose. So that's why we're unhappy. Everyone acts like God's to blame because we're unhappy. We're to blame because we're unhappy. Because I don't want you to be fully happy, Andrew. Because if you're fully happy, 
I don't get everything I want. And unfortunately, that's how the world works. I actually think that's why we don't have... I think you have fully free choices, but they all suck. <laughs> and you're choosing the best option of the ones you have. The Buddhists, the Taoists, the thing that I was like edging voting. towards... Yeah, the thing that I was edging towards is you have to accept your position to find your power. Right? Yeah. You're Andrew... <clears throat> dead naming you. I'm sorry. I'm going to apologize this time. I've done it seven times, but I'm apologizing <laughs> this time. Andrew Weberdink, and you chose to be that guy. At some point, you were like, I want these families. I want to know Lil. Well, I, never... I like Lil. I want to know Brittany. I want to know Frank. I'm choosing okay. this life. So you're talking metaphysically, Met- I chose. Way, way metaphysically. Way before I was born. But when I get there, I want to make authentic choices. And so you are making authentic choices based on a template that you chose. You're like, I want to be this guy, but I want to choose these things. And I want yeah. to have these values. I want to see how it goes. Because I don't know what Brittany's going to choose. And that's going to challenge my values in ways that I have no idea. And I actually think that's what God's here to do. I think we're actually the neurons of God. And that, like, you know, have you ever experienced, a, have you ever experienced cognitive dissonance? Yeah, it's a psychological. Oh, all the time. Yeah, it's a psychological thing of like, I want this, but also want this, right? Yeah. We all experience well, this thing. Well, quitting smoking, it's a perfect example. So I, like, Frank wanting the things Frank wants, and Frank yeah. wanting these things, and Andrew wanting the things Andrew wants, and those two things rubbing up against each other. Although me and Andrew are great friends, and we never have rubbed up against each other. But let's say, right? Not yet. This rubbing up, it will happen because we're people. <laughs> No, for yeah, real. We'll rub up it against happen. each other at some point. We're all God rubbing up against each other. So where you find the rub is actually the same thing as cognitive dissonance. It's your brain trying to work out what's important. Right? Yeah. There like is I, the rub. There's always the for rub. For what dreams may come when we shuffle off this mortal coil. And so do your neurons sit there and have anxiety? Fucking probably. Probably. <laughs> like all the time. Fun. If I'm a neuron for God, I'm having hella anxiety, man. I feel like my neurons are fucking pissed. That's why I like heroin. Yeah, and the thing that gets me the most is people that don't acknowledge whatsoever that, like, any of this is part of the rest of this. Or people that, like... Regret is part of learning. Regret is part of learning, and on top of that, the just existing is hard. And some people don't get that. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just existing, I go to work every day, I do my job, I have kids and a family, la-di-da-di-da, I'm just going on existing, and I'm like, how the fuck do you just go on existing every day, and you don't question the fact that, holy shit, I'm here for what reason? I'm here to work, to be here to, you know, I don't know. It's just a very difficult question for me. I feel like you're here to make other people... Alright, I'm gonna be honest. Like, you're here in the same way, so like... What do you want your neurons to do? Let's say you got one neuron fucking shit up for everybody nearby. And you got a brain tumor, right? I want that neuron to be funny. If you got... Oh, yeah. But if you got one neuron that's fucking shit up for all the other neurons, he's, he's communicating toxic shit and making all the other neurons act outside of themselves... Yeah. You have a malignant brain tumor. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah. Like, right? Because that's what a malignant brain that tumor does. It basically is. It, like, bad fishes all the other neurons. And it's like, wouldn't you like to produce, like, way more than you can use? And wouldn't you like to be a fat fucking tumor that doesn't think at all? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're having strokes in the middle of the workday. 
<clears throat> you gotta go get your brain tumor removed, right? So, like, you can be that guy. You God gave you the choice to be that neuron. Or you can try to be flowy with it. You can try to accept where you're at and, like, I don't know. I feel like neurons all the time are accepting that things aren't going their way. Not all neurons can fire at the same time. A lot of the times. You ever have that moment? A lot of the times I've thought that, like, something that I, you know, when, I don't know. It's something I don't usually, like, talk to people about. But, like, the fact that if, like, my brain didn't work properly, like, if I was at the point where I needed constant assistance, like, how much easier my life would be to, yeah. like, not have to do anything. No. I don't have to think about Imagine anything. Imagine Alzheimer's. And, like, I literally cannot even contemplate my own existence. That sounds like bliss to me. That's that, not that bad. That sounds like something that I would be totally down for. Um, I don't know. It's been. Hey, Frank and the dog have decided to pee together in harmony, because both Frank and the dog are both God, and we should be worshiping them equally. As well as tithing on the Patreon, which I don't have yet. So, or OnlyFans, which I also don't have yet. You so, get verified, but if that's you did, easier. I would have had the flashlight on for that bit. I've so. been doing a lot of thinking about like content I would put on OnlyFans. Now that your, well, your podcast has already heard me and you piss. I don't know if yep. we need OnlyFans. R. Kelly, like, you got it right here. We got it. We We're got too old. Bit. Been We're old for my taste, we are too said old, R. Kelly. And I don't have the... He wants bigger boobs, I feel like. I feel like he's a... I don't think he wants bigger boobs if he's going for the youngins. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's going if for he's the... he's going things. for the... the Alright, the... someone, Jamie, pull up R. Kelly's fucking hit list, because I want to know. Pull up R. Kelly's tasting boobs. Somebody... <laughs> I guarantee you it's small. Like, come on. You're not, like... Mm. Boobs is the only thing. What's up with sexual attraction? To just, boobs? No, just to people. Sexual a, attraction in general? There's What's a million up with different it? things. Like, I... So My I'm not, dick! Well, there's, like, your dick. There's Andrew, you got high cheekbones and pretty eyes. It's hard to fucking... You know what I mean? Steer away it's from. It's hard to not get a boner around me. You got good fucking hair. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying hard here, man. But fucking um, hard, not hard enough. Not hard enough. Sorry. So I need like fourteen. No one's ever hard enough. I need fourteen gas station pills. Yes. I'm ready for Andrew. I'm Ugh. sorry. Hornets. <laughs> Dude, if I ever OD on anything, I want it to be gas station pills. So fucking Just bad. So that it says that in the jail report. Just so it says that OD on gas station pills and attack the OD on gas station boner pills. Oh, man. All right, so, like, mm. being single after you're in a long-term relationship. You're in a long-term relationship, you want to fuck for, like, you're, like, I'm trying to, you're trying to impress your partner, right? Yeah. So you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. You already know what's going on. You don't feel like you have to do anything. Eventually, you feel like you have to spice things up. You do a little bit, yes, but, like, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, like, the same kind of pressure, but having sex with randos? I'm like, I don't have enough Percocet for this. What do you do, by the way, when you got sober and your original fucking love language was drugs? 
Ooh. You're like, that's how do I talk to people? Good question, because that's right. how weed was. For Thank me for you. The You're like, how do time. I talk to people? Do you want to smoke? <laughs> and they're like, no, I want to get to know you as a person. You're like, yeah, but smoke. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, but drugs though. That's all right. So I, my original love language was like hard drugs, Andrew. I, I used to do shit people lied about, like fucking. Uh, if I wanted to. Mm, just so you know, you don't have to out yourself to the whole internet. I don't give a fuck. Okay. They used to do crazy hard drugs, guys. Like, really hard shit. Um, I did this bit on my last girlfriend. I dated her for like seven years because she was normal. I just <laughs> wanted someone normal to like me. Druggy yeah. girls, by the way, don't go for druggy girls. They're like normal girls, but they're on drugs. Hey. <laughs> hey. No offense, Britt. I love you. You're not on drugs Everybody's now. on drugs. Everybody's on drugs. Is that Everybody is on we some all kind drugs. of drug. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I I recompartmentalize my compulsive behavior into different things when I'm not doing that. So, like, if you're on drugs, and I'm like, I'm doing this drug, and that's my compulsive thing. But if I don't have that, then I just compulse over, like, women I'm talking to. Or, or cigarettes. Or cigarettes. <laughs> or a friend of mine. I'll be like, this friend of mine is my best friend, and we talk every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm going I'm starting to, to feel a little bit of that. I'm going to a doctor. No, for real, I'm going to a doctor to like fucking figure out if I'm doing anything right. Cause like, no, probably not. No, probably not. It's they not say- usually the way it goes. Yeah. On your own. Usually, once you have to start asking yourself, mm, am I doing do I it need right? someone to tell me whether or not this is right? I do. I do actually. <laughs> usually, like at least a YouTube video. <laughs> Well, I've done a couple YouTube videos. So, like, one that I like is one about, um, just, it's about CPTSD. But it gave me a lot of good advice. It's actually, actually, if anyone's listening to this and you're, like, struggling, it's called School of Life. It's a really oh, good, I love those videos. Yeah, it's yeah, a really good YouTube really video good. channel about, like, they're really secular advice, but very philosophical, so they try to, like, touch the spiritual. Yeah. I actually do think there's, like, so I think there's like eight dimensions that you cut yourself across, but I'm, I'm only aware of like five. So it's like your body, your mind, your spirit. Those are the big three. Yeah. And there's a fourth dimension that I have no idea what the fuck is going on. With. Time. Right? There's got to be time. <laughs> but I also feel like we've already done all this. Do y'all ever get deja vu really bad? All I get the really time. bad. And I found out my, my grandfather, whose name I share, had really prophetic dreams, and I have really prophetic dreams. Like I'll Yo, wake up. Same. Dude, I'll wake up and, like, have five minutes of a dream stuck in my head, and it will be exactly what happens, like, later on. Yeah. Which is weird, but also not super weird, because that's... But see, you told me some about of that's you math. used to do the lucid dreaming thing. Yes. That's, and I'm sure that, like, affects I, it a lot. Yeah, and I've recently started writing down my dreams, because I want to, like, get into that shit. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have told me... Like, with acid, like, oh, bro, I was freaking out. Like, I went crazy on that shit. Like, it was insane and intense, and I couldn't control myself or whatever. And every time I've ever done acid, I'm like, okay, this is cool. And, like, I've been able to, like, kind of keep myself grounded or within my own headspace. And um, I think I might be able to do that with dreaming, too. I think a lot of people have said similar stuff about lucid dreaming. You'd be surprised at how similar... Uh, so, like, this is fucked up, but... So, I'm, I'm drinking right now. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm very functional in a different mind state. I've been on fucking... You ever done LSA, which is like LSD, it's just seeds? You no. Know? So I did that for like three days one time, and it started with my friend at his friend's house, and we were hanging out with his mom, and like, you act perfectly normal. One of the things I used to get off on about drugs in general was being fucked ass up, the control of being fucked ass up and acting normal. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty in control now. We've drank... Let me see. You've probably drank Not like quite two half. or three cups, but we've drank yeah. like half of this. I started this. I'm like six shots deep, and I haven't drank in like three years. I, I get off really hard on like how high tolerance is, but I don't think that like, which is probably instilled in you from a very young age by somebody saying like, "Don't be a pussy, drink more." Right. Well, my my dad drank a lot, and I I drank a first beer with my dad, and uh, it was I don't know. I was like eleven. No. My parents got divorced when I was eight, so I had to be like nine or ten. God he damn. stopped paying. He stopped fucking with us at two years bro. after the divorce. Damn. So like, I feel like early exposure causes a problem with that. But I feel like, for you, this is where I was edging towards. That was me being just, I guess, sharing some sad shit with your audience. But fucking, for you, you do you smoke a lot of weed before you go to bed? It depends. I will not. Sometimes go to, yes, sometimes no. It. Like sometimes I just pass out. Sometimes I drink too much and then. He's also narcoleptic, so... Yeah, you have told me that. I will stay up out of anxiety if I can't smoke pot before I go to bed because if I don't smoke pot before I go to bed, it won't scramble my dream, which is the whole thing. Yeah. But if you smoke pot... Well, THC does interrupt REM sleep. It ruins your REM sleep and it scrambles your dream. So you'll still have, like... You'll still be asleep for that time, but your brain won't REM and you won't remember it. Yeah. If I have, like, a REM moment... Basically, REM is, like, your brain, like, your subconscious, like, decompressing your shit. What you should do, because you haven't fucked up your shit, is before you go to bed, you should try to think of bits. Like, write down, like, I want to think of bits, and let your subconscious brain think of bits. Because I yeah. think that premonition, um, intuition, fucking vibes, something that me and Brittany talk about a lot, like, imp- uh, being an empath... Yeah. I think all of that is just subconscious math. I think there's just whole. I think there's this whole part of your brain that does like a huge amount of math. That the you're awareness not pre- without input. Right, that you're aware of but not fully aware of, and you can harness that, but it becomes difficult for different people. And I think that if you haven't fucked up your REM sleep by trying to fucking lucid dream, you should try to use that. There's a guy, one of the guys I listen to about mid-century like success theory shit talks about before you go to bed focus on what you did today was it in line with what you wanted and what do you want to do tomorrow and if you set your subconscious mind to what does Andrew want to do tomorrow it'll actually produce that and you'll come up you'll wake up in the morning with like oh shit like I need to do this like for real because you have this we have this whole bit of our brain that just doesn't do shit because we're afraid of it like I really feel that way talking about the subconscious yeah yeah Subconscious and also just like that fractional math that you do in the moment where you're like, oh, I wonder if I should do this and it works out and you meet your wife or whatever the fuck. Everyone that I've talked to has had these moments of like intense intuition. And if you listen to it, you follow it and something good happens and that's your subconscious mind doing math for you, if that makes sense. So, we're... We are way off topic. We're like, I don't know what we started on. It doesn't matter. I was about to go even, like, to a different topic. But we're, like, two hours in here. 
Are we really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Look at and I'm thinking, play. right, yeah. And, like, I want to... There's got to be something uplifting. What is something... What is right uplifting? with you today, What is going Frank? right with you? What is something that you would maybe pass on to, say, like, a future generation of people that have not run into all of these problems yet? What's a piece of advice? What's something that we can cling on to here that is not just... Let's pick the major depression, motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. Some positive That's advice. the whole exercise. Um, I think you asked to be here, and I think that you... In those You've moments, said that a few times, and I like that. that I really like that. I like that we I asked chose to be here. To be here. So in those moments where I'm like super depressed and I'm super like fucking, just want to make modern art. Like, like you, you wanted just, to feel this, motherfucker. Yeah, right. You wanted to feel this. You asked the question. You really did. So like the girl that you want to talk to that is ghosting you, the guy that you uh, thought was so great that fucking like, you know what I mean? Dipped out on you or whatever. The uh, job that you thought was a great opportunity but turned out to be another soul-sucking fucking corporate fucking nonsense job that just made you depressed. Whatever it is, you ask the question. And you're, you're the god of your choices. You're here to make choices and find out what it is. So, like, I'm in a bit of a depressive mood right now. Y'all, have, I think I made this joke. This is the third time. This is the relapse podcast. Yeah. You're talking to a guy in recovery who has made himself who has identified himself as having a problem with drinking. And me and you, Andrew, are about seven shots deep. Yeah. You're about three, I'm about four, we're good. No, no, no. You're about three, I'm about seven shots deep. I'll be honest with the audience. I'm fucking, yeah. I'm good. But fucking, we made these choices. I asked to be here. So while I may be depressed in the moment, and anyone listening, you could be depressed in the moment, you will find that if you persevere you will find a, a better outcome later because life is fluctuative. There's a Buddhist um, story. that it, There's a guy, and the Buddhist stories, all the Buddhist stories are written before people were farming. I don't know why. But this guy's running through the jungle. And he's like running through the jungle and a tiger starts chasing him. And he's running from the tiger. As you do when a tiger is chasing you, you run from that fucker. Right. So he runs from the tiger. As he has to, because life puts him in that choice. You were asking me about what I feel about determinism, right? Yeah. So life put this guy in the, in the position where the best outcome yeah. he could find was to run. What are from your the choices? Tiger. Run from the tiger, get eight. I also think he's the god of his choices, and somehow he led himself to be in the woods as yeah. this tiger. But he, if he's I was there. the god of my choices at that point in time, I'd probably run from the tiger. Run from the fucking tiger. So he runs, and he's running, and he's running, and his adrenaline's pumping, and he, he's running, and he feels like he's gonna get free, and suddenly. The bottom, the bottom, the ground lets out from under him, and he's over a hole, and he's falling into this hole. So he reaches up and he grabs this branch, right? He's yeah. hanging on from this branch over a hole, and the tiger's still there. It actually stops short of the hole and starts growling at him. So he's hanging from this branch, he's looking down at the bottom, and he's looking up at this tiger, and he's thinking, "God, this sucks. This is awful." Yeah. He hangs there for a minute. And after a minute, this, this dripping happens on his head. He starts feeling this drip on his head. And he turns his head up, and the blood's dripping on his head drips into his mouth, and he finds his honey. So in this moment where he's stuck on this branch, he's hanging on by one arm, he's fucking tired. He just he was running from a tiger. He's still in shock. But he's got this honey hitting his lips. He's like, that's kind of cool. 
So he takes that in for a moment. Then he looks down, and he thinks, oh god, I'm in this hole, there's this tiger. He looks down. He sees that the hole goes down for a minute, but he actually could reach the bottom. He could let go. He really hit the bottom. But he looks at the bottom, and he sees these, this viper, this, this, this poisonous animal at the right. bottom of this hole. And he thinks, if I let go, I'm going to hit this viper. It's going to bite me. I'm going to die. So he's trapped this moment for this, with, with this, 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 this tiger above him and this viper below him and this honey, and he has this second to like appreciate what he's going for, what was happening in, in the second. But he wants to let go, as you would if you were fucking hanging on by a fucking root with a tiger trying to kill you. I would yeah. want to let go. I would die. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't last through half of the Buddhist parables. Right. But anyway, he hangs on, and he takes the honey in, and he takes the moment of the happiness that he's in. And he thinks for a second, he thinks, he hangs on, by the way, in this hole, the Buddhist parables, that he hangs there for like a day and a night or some crazy shit. Something that me and you would not do, by the way. I'd be dead in like right. four hours. Yeah. Oh, There's I'd no way up. I'm hanging on to a branch for that long. I would totally give up. I'd be doing the math, like, I could probably land on like the middle of this fucking viper, right. and then it would bite me in the dick and I'd die. Right. But he hangs on. And he thinks to a second, he thinks to himself for a second, like, I should let go. I should just let go and land on this viper and let it bite me. If it doesn't bite me, maybe I can run. Maybe I can find a way to climb out of this hole before it gets a hold of my leg. And he doesn't, though. He hangs on. He persists. He thinks about, in the moment, just how much more work it would be to let go than to hang on and keep doing. And then he hears the, the tiger above him, like, growling. The tiger, like, gives a second, and then it darts at him, it like lunges, like a cat lunges at something below it, right? Right. And it falls. It falters, and it falls into this hole. And he watches this tiger, like, catches itself, like a cat does, and like, looks up and then gets bitten by the viper. Yeah. Right? The viper, by the way, that it just stepped on and crushed. So it's bitten by the viper, it's killing the viper with its foot, and the man is just sitting there. Yeah. And he's hanging on. And he hangs on for a minute, and he sees the tiger like, go lethargic and die. And then he lets go. And he falls onto this, like, tiger that's dead. Yeah. And that's kind of morbid, but, like, the tiger buffed his fall. Right. And he walks off. He goes back to the village. And he has this story about how he didn't let go. He hang on for a minute. Just a minute longer. And the world got more antsy than he did. And it gave way. And then he was able to walk through that crucible. And that's like a Buddhist parable, but it's also echoed in Christianity. Like, So, essentially, your entire point is the same thing as that poster with the kitten hanging yeah. off a tree branch that says, hang in there, baby. Persistence is an act of faith. And you don't have to have faith in God or faith in Andrew Lieberding as a, yeah. as a regular producer of podcasts or Frank McCurry as someone who's like regularly shitty. Although you guys do. Y'all hit me up. And I'm like, hey, you want to come over and be shitty like you are? And I'm like, fuck yeah. And we come over and here we are. That's not what we say, by I the know, way. I know. <laughs> but, like, persistence is an act of faith. And if you... And faith and persistence are both acts of manifestation. And we're manifesting this reality. So if you're persistent in what you think, and you have faith in what's going on, the reality happens around you. And that's literally what happens all day while you're working. And I think we should cut it there, because that's like all the good. Deep. Kill your owner.
Yeah, but Got it. if it was really that secret, you wouldn't have heard about it. Yeah. Like Sa 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 s